Hello and welcome to Between the Gutters, the podcast where we talk about the stories within the panels. I'm your co-host, Grutan, and I'm with Albert Lamb. And today we have a special guest. His name is Raymond. Hello, Full Raymond. disclosure, he's also my pastor. <laughs> but he is a guest on our show. He's into comics also, and today we are going to discuss uh, the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I know in our last episode we talked about Endgame at length, but uh, yeah, I guess there's just been a lot of things that we thought about after we recorded and wanted to touch on and just talk about. The movie came out in two parts. I figure, why can't we do the podcast in two parts, right? Exactly. So you know. The whole saga's 22, so yeah. yeah. yeah we can do <laughs> so we're going to do 22 parts. <laughs> So, anyway, just so uh, our listeners can get an uh, an idea of who you are as a comics fan, Ray, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got into comics and what are some of your favorite comics and creators? Okay, uh, so I started reading when I was in college. Uh, one of my friends was into like manga and stuff like that, so he was like, "Oh, hey, let's go to at the time Borders." Uh, so we went, and I was just kind of following him along, and then it's like, oh, I, I kind of knew of comics uh, growing up, uh, but didn't really, like, follow it. Uh, the first comic I ever, like, had was, was it was uh, Maximum Carnage. Maximum Carnage. I was in the third grade, like, someone just gave that to me, and I was like, oh, you should read this, like, uh... <laughs> One of your friends? Yeah, and someone in my classmate was, like, in the third grade gave me this, and it was, like, super violent. He just gave you a free comic <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, hey, you should, it, was, it was the trade. It was, like, oh, he gave you a trade to keep? Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It was, it was, like, it was, like, it was a weird start to reading comic books, because, like, you know, it was, like, that's, like, yeah. a graphic one. But when I was in college, I started, um... You know, after t- going to Borders and I was just kind of bored, uh, I just, like, looked at the comic section and I started, like, picking stuff up and it's oh, this is pretty cool. Um, I had no concept of, like, the, how the series, or individual issues worked. So I, I, I got all the trades. Mm-hmm. So then, like, when I actually started reading individual comics, I didn't understand, like, where would, how come this character appears here and where does it connect to this other thing? Because when you read trades, they're all, like, combined. Yeah. But then when I started reading individual ones, they like, you have to go to this other series for this other part, and then it was all weird. Um, yeah, so I started reading around college. I'm, I'm an English major, so I think I read it the way, kind of like the way you do more, like, mm-hmm. like you see as a literature. Yeah, more analytical, so you kind of see things differently as more just, more of, like, the themes and stuff. You're thinking about more, more yeah. of those. As opposed to just like, oh, these are just like cartoon people beating each other up. Uh, so I, I liked it. I was like, oh, cool. It's uh, it takes. It's kind of like TV, but it's like a lot longer, and you have more time to digest each issue. And I appreciate that. That it takes a lot of thought, and obviously the art is kind of cool because it takes time to, to draw the little details and everything. Mm-hmm. So I learned to appreciate the medium as a whole. Um, but I really started like following along during like the New Fifty Two time. Um, and that's when the comicsology first came out, so it was cool just being able to just get it on your iPad as opposed to going to a store. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so then like DC and Marvel both started to release everything simultaneously, physical and digital, mm. and that's when I kind of picked up a lot of the um, issues. So my, I guess my comic knowledge only is about like ten years, but then from through that, which you also know about Maximum Carnage. Yeah, I know, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then that's that's a very like 
disjointed knowledge of comics. It's like, I know Maximum, Car- maximum Carnage, and then there's this huge gap, and New 52. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you know, yeah, I read, like, Calvin and Hobbes, and, like, you know, Garfield and stuff like that. Nice. So you from that to, yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> Maximum Carnage, <laughs> and then the New 52. Yeah. Nice. And then from the New 52, I kind of, like, had to backtrack, like, because eventually they... they brought back all the history mm-hmm. so I was like okay what did this mean and, then I, and I would like you know go back and look at the old trades so I have some reference of like the 80s and 90s stuff mm. um, so it just kind of grew from that yeah, so, yeah. that's for reals I mean comics is it's almost like a living history on some level right so it just feels like whenever a new writer comes on they just kind of find ways to take the stuff that they like and even if it's not necessarily something that was actually good but they'll try to touch it up for modern audiences and sometimes you get some gold out of that yeah yeah because yeah. i think as as a uh, people who create comics when when they get into the business right they always have things that they liked when they were growing up and then they'll when they get into the business they try to bring that back kind of like jeff johns you know bringing back the yeah. characters that he grew up loving yeah with uh barry allen and and hal jordan and whatnot yeah vibe Vibe, <laughs> yes, vibe. I mean, I don't know if he actually loved him, but okay. <laughs> he loved him enough to give him his own series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first trait that I bought was Infinite Crisis. Yeah. And, oh. Um, Kingdom Come. Yeah. Kingdom Come. Oh, that's a classic. That is. Yeah, so classic. I, yeah, I, just, I like the. I think it, Kingdom Come attracted me because just like the way it's like you know, drawn it was like amazing yeah yeah it was really cool yeah and then infinite crisis i don't know why i think it was just like popular at the time yeah yeah and i just saw like all three like wonder woman superman it's like okay i don't have to buy all the individual ones i can just get one with all the characters oh yeah game. so i think i followed the characters and writers more as opposed to like the individuals mm-hmm. like all the other stories yeah. and stuff um so yeah that's how it started and then um you asked about my favorite writer i like jeff johns um you say like he's like getting worse and worse. <laughs> I like his early stuff a lot. Yeah, his Flash and his Justice Society are, yeah. and his Avengers are probably top tier yeah. for him. His Teen Titans, I like his that. Teen Titans, that's yeah. true. Yeah. So I gotta eventually go back to those. Yeah, Can you give me like a list of things I need to read. It's like okay, <laughs> yeah. So I was like slowly working my way back. Uh, uh, like, out of his work, I I'd, I'd say the Flash is probably my favorite thing of his. Yeah, yeah, that's that's probably the best and. Oh, he did the Rebirth one, right? Like Flash. He did the Rebirth. I mean, yeah, but I think I read that one. Yeah. But you want to touch the stuff that he did. His first Flash run is is the stuff that you want to is where he was writing Wally West. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Anyways. (laughs) Yeah, and uh, Scott Snyder. But I'm starting to see what you mean, though. Like I think yeah, I'm reading his new Justice League stuff, and it's just kind of like. Wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm starting to understand what you mean. There are a lot of those moments in Scott Snyder books where it's like, wait, huh? Yeah. I was re- I was reading a, a Scott Snyder comic the other uh, night. I I bought uh, All-Star Batman number one because I saw it for 10 cents <laughs> yeah. when uh, Two Cats was closing down, yeah, actually. Yeah. I, it was in the bin. So I just bought yeah. it because it, it was like, it's a number one jumping on point so I can check it out. And uh-huh. there was a scene in that. It, it's it's a perfectly ridiculous Scott Snyder scene that I see very often in his work. So Batman is fighting uh, Firef- or, yeah, Firefly and Killer Moth. Mm-hmm. In, in there's for some reason they're f- they're somewhere in middle America like 
at a truck stop, a diner place, and there's just farmland surrounded all around, surrounding them everywhere. And they get into this fight. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's the comic. <laughs> yeah, look it up, man. Ray's got it open on his iPad right now. Yeah. <laughs> but so they they knock him out into the into the field, um, and then. I think it's Killer Moth or Firefly who who walks up to what he thinks is his body, but it turns out that in the time that he gets knocked out of this uh, shed, shed, and he comes and and uh, he like starts firing at him. Or it's the tarantula, yeah. yeah. He starts firing at this body, but it turns out Batman had enough time to use a chainsaw and create a straw sculpture <laughs> approximating a human body, and he well, picked him. Well, okay, I'm looking at it now, right? And I don't think this is better because there are these figures right here. Yeah. So. My my interpretation is he wrapped his cape. He had time to wrap his cape oh, around one of those, okay. and that's when the guy shot. Oh, okay. But okay. just the very fact that one of these is around is like, that's <laughs> convenient. mighty convenient. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's up... Like, I would say that that's up there with, you know, Batman having anti-shark spray, but oh. even that <laughs> took a little more creativity than, than this. Like, that was tongue-in-cheek. This was sincere. Yeah. <laughs> Because it made me count all the times that Scott Snyder has written Batman into a corner. So, like, there's this issue from early on in his Court of Owls run where I think Batman is falling off a blimp or something yeah. in the sky. And he just manages to tuck and roll into this incompleted skyscraper. Yeah. Oh, and I was yeah. like, dude, how? <laughs> He's so lucky. Yeah. And then another time where he opens a door and then a bomb goes off. Yeah. But inside that room, there is a... A suit of armor, like a knight in shiny yeah, armor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. able to jump inside the suit of armor and protect himself from a blast. Yeah. How does anyone do it that fast? And then there was a time where Clayface was suffocating him, and Batman couldn't get out. So all he had to do was get really mad and punch extra hard, and he got free. Yeah. <laughs> what? And then there's another issue where he's surrounded by like twelve gunmen who have uh, automatic weapons, like Uzis and stuff, uh, and he's surrounded on a, on a boat. They all start firing at him, and he just jumps off the boat, yeah. and he doesn't get hit by a single bullet. <laughs> I'm like, that is such lazy writing. I can't... It, yeah. it just takes me out of it. Like, yeah, there's there's so many moments where it feels like... I feel like we're off the rails a little bit, but I'm going to yeah. go, go into it. But My bad, guys. No, no, no. This, this is something I think we talk about at length when it's just yeah. us. So. Yeah. But it just feels like Snyder is a guy who likes, he likes the setup and he likes going for like really splashy, like cliffhangers and stuff, but mm -hmm. he just doesn't know how to close the deal, you know? So, yeah. um, the, yeah, the, the other thing that I notice, like a writing tick of his is he'll, he'll set it up. He'll, he'll set these scenes up, but he doesn't put, the time or the work to make it so that they make sense either you know so uh spoiler but like in there's this scene in dark knight's metal where um you could tell that he's setting it up because he w he wants to have this quote unquote really cool moment where it's like i want the batman and joker to be on the same side fighting back to back fighting this like enemy right mm -hmm. but he doesn't establish anything for that getting building up to that scene so like when you're reading the comic you're just flipping the pages and then all of a sudden bam right there it's like they're they're on the same side they're working together and it's just like wait did he go and talk to him at any point did he 
<laughs> oh no, they did. They did do a preview. Like there, there, there was like the two issues before where they had like kept Joker in that in the cave. And he was was there, that? Yeah, he was there intentionally, and then they didn't understand why he was there. But Batman told them like, like okay, like the Joker said like I'm here to save the world or whatever. And okay, like, yeah, I, I guess intended. I missed that scene. But... It, was, it was like in one of the preview ones. All right, so, like, I guess you have to read like everything. Wait, it wasn't even in a comic that was part of the same miniseries. So there was like the original. Was it the six issues? Yeah. And there was these two uh, prequel issues. And then the, the teaser at the in and one of those was like Joker was in the Batcave. He was just he was just uh, Batman kept him in a cave. Okay, then that's just poor like So you're supposed they didn't, to read they didn't everything. Put those in the trade? I, I'd have to check. Like I I'd have to check. <laughs> yeah, I have it right here. <laughs> did, did Snyder write those uh preview or yeah, those issues did. too? Um, oh, okay. Well they should be in the trade then. maybe yeah. I just missed it then, but still <laughs> It's it's like you have to like, I feel like with all comics, you have to like look at the little details. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, so there was like this these issues here, so you probably the original run was like this. The dark days. Yeah, so there's this issue where he like keeps him, you see him in like a cave. Actually, so I don't I remember this. Listening, have no idea. Yeah, see, he was like already in here. I don't remember those actually. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm looking at it right now. I don't remember those in the hardcover yeah, that I was no. reading. That's bad. Then that's like horrible. That's like, sort of that's bad yeah. trade. Man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, why does DC do that? Yeah. See, he was already in the cave. He was hiding there because like uh, <laughs> the Batman kept him in there. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess somewhere in his plan throughout this whole thing, he was supposed to get. He was to go back into this cave knowing that. So yeah, that, that's why I mean we're like, okay, maybe it was. Now I'm just madder at DC than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the setup might not be. And so if you just read the Dark Knight's Metal series by itself yeah, without yeah, yeah. the Dark Days prequels, yeah, yeah, that scene may, might not make sense to you. <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Anyways, Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. So actually, when I started reading comics, it was actually the same time when the Marvel movies came out. Yeah. So I think. Was it the Dark Knight came out before Iron Man, right? I like think they were the same year. Two thousand eight. I don't yeah. remember this specific year, but I remember Iron Man came out, it was a big deal, and then Dark Knight came out and, and people were making wasn't. a big deal about it because they were like, Oh, Dark Knight's gonna it, they were either saying that Dark Knight was gonna beat Iron Man or uh -huh. uh, it was the other way around, but I it was, you know, kind of this like sort of yeah, yeah. like friendly rivalry sort of thing. Yeah. So I do uh, remember that going on. Yeah, so I remember playing the video game. So I kind of have like a, a general knowledge of the Marvel characters. I'm more, I was more into DC. Uh-huh. Um, but I remember when we watched the first Iron Man, one of my I watched it with my brother and one of my friends. He was like, hey, I heard that you had to stay at the end of the credits. There's something there. <laughs> and at the time, there was no Wikipedia. So we're yeah. like, what? why would we do such a thing? And, um, <laughs> and then, like... You know, watch the whole movie where it was, it was fun to watch, and then at the end, like the credits were rolling, I was like looking at my friend, like, why are we sitting here, man? It's like, dude, I heard there's something at the end, man. I was like, there better be something, otherwise, it's like waste of time. And then that, that scene comes up, the, yeah. the, the first post credit scene. Nick and then, Fury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my brother looked over, leaned over, it's like, why is Wesley Snipes in this? <laughs> and I was like, he was thinking it was like Blade. And I was like, no, dude, that's, that's Samuel L. Jackson. Dude, what if Blade was the. <laughs> What if Blade was the secret yeah. character at the end of the movie? Now that blows my mind. So it's like he, that, when that scene came out, I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, because I played the video games, I kind of understand, oh, the, I know what S.H.I.E.L.D. 
means. In which, which video games? Ultimate Alliance. Oh, yeah, oh, Ultimate yeah, Alliance. Yeah, yeah. So then, like, Love that game. Yeah, it's like, oh, I understand. Like, I understand what he's referencing, like, the Avengers and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. But I didn't know how they were going to do it. Like, um, so then kind of moving forward from that to, like, Hulk. Yeah. Like, then you see that, that scene with, like, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. showing up. And like, oh, okay, that they're actually yeah, going to connect yeah. everything. Um, so, yeah, so, like, my comic and the movie kind of came around the same time, and I, I felt like I bandwagoned unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as long as you're into comics, man, they deserve love. <laughs> yeah. So it was cool. It was, uh... Wait, so are you, would you say that you're a fan of those now, the the teasers at the end, or are you still kind of in that, why do I have to wait through all these credits? I mean, now it's just kind of like part of pop culture now. Like, it's I second like, nature. Yeah, like people yeah. just wait. and. Um... Do you think a lot of other movies do that too? I think a couple do. Like I think, the I think... D- all the DC stuff does it now, right? Like, yeah, I know oh, yeah, Justice right. League has it. Uh... Yeah. I don't remember if... No, Batman v Superman had it. Uh, what was theirs? I think at the end it was like Lex Luthor in prison or something like that. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. It, like you see him like oh, in yeah, a yeah, yeah. straight jacket or something and getting... You know what? It doesn't matter. It was a <laughs> movie. <laughs> what about... Um, what about other movies like, uh, I don't know, Fast and Furious or something? Because I don't really watch stuff like Fast that. Fast and the Furious, I know at least Tokyo Drift had one. Uh-huh. Because, have you seen it? I have not. Okay, because at the end, one of the things about it was, uh, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not well versed enough in the Furious verse, <laughs> the Furiverse, as we call it. <laughs> that sounds kind of Nazi-ish, but <laughs> the Furiverse, <laughs> uh, the Fast and the Furiverse. <laughs> But uh, from what I remember, there was like this big, uh, in Tokyo Drift, I think one of the characters dies, and then in one of the other movies, they were teasing out Jason Statham's introduction into their universe. So at the end of it, I think, uh, I, I yeah, don't don't quote me on any of these, like, it's it's really just haphazard, my knowledge of it, but uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's how I remember it. Um, like, the end scene was... The dude dying, and then Jason Statham setting, stepping out of his car and going and saying something like, I got know, next. Yeah, I got next. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, welcome to the Furiverse. <laughs> That's yeah. my Jason Statham. <laughs> it is funny how all these MCU films trained us to sit through the entire yeah. credits just to watch it's clever. a minute of film. It's clever. Or less, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think the Harry Potter movies do it too. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think they do. Yeah, Pixar does the other thing where they put stuff in the beginning, like the little short yeah. films. Yeah, and then, yeah. Which DC should have done? They should just put like like a teaser for their next. Yeah. Sometimes when DC does their animated movies, the DVD contains a short film yeah. of yeah, a they different. Yeah, just thing. do that. Yeah. yeah, they want to build the world quickly. Just have a five. Their animated show. movies are way better than their live action movies. Yeah. 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 Well, I'm. I think, I think they're licking their wounds and they're rebuilding their, their brand and their universe. But it's it's gonna be weird, like, cause they're keeping some things, not keeping other things, and it's just gonna be this weird mishmash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why the Marvel works so well, right? Because they, they have one guy that kind of overseeing everything. Kevin Feige. Yeah, and then yeah. they had like they have like a direction that they wanted to go, and then. Uh, they were moving forward, and um, yeah, it was cool because if you rewatch it now, 
I don't know how much of it was was thought out, but like you see things in it like in different yeah. contexts. Like you know that dude in Winter Soldier, that bald guy. Yeah. So he was in Iron Man one and in Thor. Oh. Like you see him. I don't him, remember like, that. And like he, he was on the show Agents of Shield from whatever. Yeah, like so you see. Oh, him. he was on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, I think he might have had a, a more prominent role on the show. The the, the guy who uh, the guy who was Casper Sitwell. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. That's him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So in, in the first Iron Man, you see him in the background with Coulson. You know how there were all the oh, shield. Oh wow! Yeah. I didn't even notice that. In Thor, he was there too. He was like he yeah. was like just talking, and then and then you and you see the show and you see like oh this yeah. is he's there he was there the whole time. Yeah. And then if you rewatch it now, like there was a scene in the first Iron Man where remember where Tony Stark was like paralyzed on the couch with that who's his who's his mentor, Obadiah or something. Obadiah Stane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he said like the way that he was talking, it seemed like he was part of Hydra as well. Obadiah Stane. Yeah, because the way he talked oh. is like, oh, we we're doing this because we want to correct and, and correct the world and b- bring balance to everything. So the way that he spoke, it seemed like he was part of Hydra. Dude, that's interesting. So when you rewatch it, you rewatch it. It's like it has a whole different context to it, knowing what you know now, yeah. and um, even some of the actors and characters that show up. You're yeah. like, oh, okay, um, it's kind of cool. <laughs> that is cool. Yeah, yeah. I gotta watch rewatch Iron Man. Yeah, it I have has been borrowed. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I would hear the whole first phase one. <laughs> it, it's been a long time since I've seen those Iron Man films, so it's Maybe dated it's though. It's is there's it? like some of the tech is dated. Like, Stark was using, like, a phone that had buttons on it. (laughs) Um, It's fine. I mean, even in their universe, they... It takes place in 2008, so... Really? Yeah, yeah, doesn't it? Oh, okay. Because the movie Endgame had the dates for us. Yeah. So, you know, okay, I guess it's... Because, like, they're supposed to... I think the movies were supposed to take place whatever year that they actually came out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Because I remember... I still remember... uh, in Iron Man 1, Tony Stark makes a reference to MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a joke that in another 10 years, I'm not sure if anyone will understand what he yeah. was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I only rewatched it the last few years because my wife and I, when we got married, like, when we were dating, oh, she, was, she wasn't into this comic movie stuff. So she start, we started dating when, like, the middle of Phase 2. Okay. And then she pretty much went from phase two all the way to the current. Yeah. But then, so then she didn't watch the first phase. And then we kind of like watched it, rewatched it together. And, and then as we were watching, she just kind of, oh, that's cool. But I'm like, oh, like, yeah. oh, see all these like, references. <laughs> like, oh, that's what they were doing. <laughs> she's like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> and now you're on the comic book podcast. There we go. Talking she said about that. comics. We, we called me a nerd circle. right before I was leaving. She's like, you're such a nerd. <laughs> like, you married no one. So it's like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. So, what do you like about uh, superhero films in general and the MCU in particular? I think... Okay, so just in general, comic book movies. I think it's just cool just to see how they try to adapt the comics. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's an interpretation of it. Like, obviously comics have more time and wiggle room. They could use, like, a year or so to build up a story. Whereas a co- in a movie, you have to do it in, like... Two hours or so, and uh, it's cool to see how they compress certain things, how they change it, interpret certain things, um, and you know all like callbacks and stuff. So it's like it kind of works with the comics. Uh, it's just like another medium. Even like the video games are just interpretations mm-hmm. of the core material. Uh, so I guess if you're a fan of the comics, 
then the certain things in the t- movies are more they make more sense to you and they mean more to you because you yeah. understand what they're referencing so that's cool I think that's cool just like kind of working with the audience in that sense um, I think of the MCU I think it's just it's just the way that they tied everything together it was just something that's just never been done before mm-hmm. you know, same with the you know it's like it actually feels like you're like watching a comic book yeah you know, like they spent 22 movies or whatever and that's like there's that sense of continuity that yeah. flows. Even though the movies are about different characters, you get to see some progression, at least in specific characters and also with their entire world. Yeah, yeah. And, and like comics too, it's funny because like, there is some inconsistencies in comics and in movies. For example, like recasting, you know? Oh, yeah. In my mind, it's like, oh, in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, this is like having a different artist drawing. Yeah, someone. same here. <laughs> yeah. Like, so in my mind, it's like, oh, whatever, I don't care if, like, whoever Don Shield took over. Yeah, or, or Mark, Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah, just a different artist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is one heck of a way to reconcile that. <laughs> like that. Because, yeah, like, you knew what he looked like, and then, like, even Tony Stark, everyone knew what he looked like before. Like, how yeah. can you look bigger now? <laughs> Well, why do you look thinner? <laughs> Your face is really different. So as somebody who reads more DC uh, as opposed to Marvel, does it make you sad that the DC movies aren't as good? Yeah, but I don't know. I felt like... I think Marvel did so distinctly. I mean, I like The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I think it actually up until Endgame, Dark Knight was my, my favorite comic movie. The end game just like okay, it's finally after like ten years, <laughs> yeah. something was able to top it. But uh, I don't know. I felt like DC just didn't. They didn't have the same type of vision, like or at least like the way that Marvel did. I felt like they're just kind of making it along the way. Yeah. And even like Zack Snyder was like he had good concepts, I think, but he just didn't execute it well, and it just felt weird and disjointed at times. Like. And Drew and I talk, talk a lot about Superman, and yeah, uh, like Superman will be this like symbol of hope, and like you look at him, and you ins- you aspire to be like him. But then sometimes it just felt like in those movies that they either missed that point entirely, or once they were once they kind of got the hint that oh, this is what he's supposed to be, then they just started kind of cramming it in random places just to be like, see, hope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was just like, eh. So I felt like they didn't understand their their characters, which, was, you know, Nolan understood. That's why he was able to do The Dark Knight so well. And I think Marvel understood their characters, so that's why they were able mm-hmm. to do so well. Because, um, you know, even Wonder Woman was good. Like, because they understood what Wonder Woman was supposed to be, so then they executed her pretty well in the films. Would you ever want to see... Uh an adaptation of Maximum Carnage? Dude, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe? You know what? I'm, I'm in a place where I can say that... Like, I'm, I, I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, um, a lot of the times there's... When, when they do, like, movie adaptations or even when uh, new writers take on a certain book... Um, they they take things that I might not have necessarily liked, but they'll put a new spin on it. So, you know what? There's a possibility that somewhere out there, there's someone who's going to do a good version of Maximum <laughs> Carnage. So I won't, I won't uh, discount that entirely. <laughs> so for our listeners, in case you don't know what Maximum Carnage is, it, it's, it was this Spider-Man crossover from the 90s, and it was about Carnage, who was one of Venom's spawn. So he's another symbiote kind of character. Yeah. Carnage assembles a gang of, of uh, other minor supervillains, and they just go on a killing spree throughout yeah. 
throughout uh, an entire summer and it's up to spider-man teaming up with venom and a few other superheroes to take him down and i felt like every issue basically ended with them getting carnage on the ropes and venom's yeah. trying to kill him and spider-man's like wait we're heroes we can't kill guys and then carnage gets, gets away, away <laughs> and does it again and like it yeah. happens like repeatedly over and over for what 14 15 issues or so it was very long yeah it, yes, it was <laughs> way longer than it needed to be. That could have been a three-issue story. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, exactly, right? So if they had just wanted to do a story about a guy who's terrorizing a city and just kind of going on a spree, which in and of itself is a pretty simple premise, Yeah. then, um, you know, that's, that's a story you can do as yeah. long as it's not overly burdened and stupid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways... <laughs> Anyways, we can uh, move on to talking about the MCU. Let's yeah. let's uh, go back to Endgame. Um, so in our previous episode, Albert and I already talked a lot about Endgame. But what are, what were your thoughts on it? It's the best comic book movie. Man. The best comic book movie. Like, top Those are every, big wow. words. That's, That's high praise. It is very. But it's only the best because you you were with them for so long. Right, like, cause I I was seeing all these references and I understood all the callbacks, um, and but I, I always wonder if you watch it without the other twenty independently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what would you, what would your response be? Yeah. And my wife watched it, and you know, she only saw half of it. You know, or, or, or she's, I guess she kind of she she saw half of it when it was released. Yeah. Uh, so for her, it was just kind of like I just had to wait five years, <laughs> whereas for me, I had to wait ten years. You yeah. Know? Um, so our experiences were different. Like, I think I appreciate aspects of it more than yeah. she did um you know because i was like oh yeah i remember like the first time watching yeah. iron man and all that and she's just like i remember watching guardians of the galaxy with you you know it was like, it was like a whole different <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know the way that we uh, view it um yeah i thought it was really good it was done really well and i still think about it from time to time like oh that was really cool and i would like i could read all the spoilers now and think about oh yeah yeah that's cool yeah uh so it's it was, it was neat uh i think overall I, I actually did listen to your episode I would agree, yeah, it's like, there's some stuff that are, you just have to let it go, like all the time travel stuff. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is what it is, and just ignore it. Um, yeah. But that's like all comics, I feel like. It's like a lot of things, a lot of entertainment A lot things. of stories yeah, in general. Stories. Yeah, like, and just not, learn to. Nothing's perfect. Yeah. yeah. But, like the logic of it or whatever, but it's like, oh, it's a good, it's a good film. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and I think there's just different things that stood out to me. I think for me, the, all the fatherly stuff was like really touching to, to me, and uh, my wife cried at the at the funeral scene. Yeah. The, like, the burger thing. And she yeah. called you a nerd. Yeah, we went into it as two different audiences. She yeah. saw it as, like, you know, like, just an, like a casual mom, and I saw it as, like, a nerd dad. <laughs> so when we saw certain scenes, it was, like, you know, it meant different things. Yeah. I guess it's cool that even... Even with all that said, like the movie still can appeal to like all audiences, yeah, you know. Like yeah. there's still something emotional about it that anyone who just wants to watch a story mm-hmm. can kind of lose themselves yeah. in the fantasy. Yeah. I think that's what the MCU did so well because they're of all the what eleven franchises. There's like different tones in each of them. Yeah. Like, like if you ask my wife, her favorite series is Ant Man, the Wasp, Guardian Galaxy, and Thor. And she liked those because they were more lighthearted. Like, yeah. she did not like Civil War. Not because it wasn't good, but she said it was really dark. Mm. And, like, she thought Iron Man 3 was, like, a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> but all the extremist people coming out all, like, burnt and stuff. And, like... Oh, yeah. yeah. So, you know, she, she liked 
things differently and just you know and i thought that was cool that marvel tried to there's like something that connects them all but it's something for everyone yeah 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 i remember when they were talking about their netflix series when they was were coming out they they were saying that they wanted to give each show like a very distinct feel so i i do think that they put a lot of thought into making sure that whatever they put out has appeal factor to yeah, yeah. you know even within even though they're all superhero movies they don't want to limit themselves to just regurgitating like superhero stuff over and over again right yeah, they yeah. you got to find a, a way in to make it yeah. different right so and and i think that that applies to the comic books too because you know there there are hundreds of characters mm-hmm. but a real writer is able to look at that and go okay what makes doctor strange different from doctor fate and mm-hmm. i want to tell that story yeah yeah yeah, yeah. And, and then somehow the, they still exist in the same world right like with ant-man the first one was like it's a heist film and then yeah. uh, um thor was like this mythical person and just trying to get used to living or you know being in the world and all that yeah. so they're all different and um even like the first captain america was like a timepiece. yeah so it, it was cool seeing all of these different uh facets of just movie and film and then they were able to just put like a marvel twist to things yeah and then you had guardians of the galaxy which was more of a space opera kind yeah. of thing yeah. Yeah. yeah i'm pretty sure a lot of typical moviegoers who weren't up on their comics were kind of surprised by the fact that it's it's almost like Marvel com- combined Star Wars and superheroes, you know, yeah. Guardians, yeah. taking them out to space and having this, these cosmic kind of stories. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, like, Captain America, after that first one, uh, when you look at the Winter, Winter Soldier? Soldier and Civil War, those felt kind of more like political thrillers. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah like Spy and everything. Yeah, like spy, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, um, there was a lot, there was a lot of story going on in the background in terms of you know power struggles and you know just who was controlling what but at the same time you still got the entertainment of superhero fisticuffs yeah, yeah. <laughs> so because who doesn't enjoy seeing captain america punch some bad guy in the nose exactly exactly yeah yeah um yeah i th- I, I think if we actually took the time uh we, we could probably try to categorize all the different genres that they touched upon with each yeah, yeah, film, yeah. right? So they haven't really hit on romance yet. They Thor, haven't really right? hit on romance. The, the first two. That's why. Uh, that's why my wife liked Thor. Like a like, pure romance. Thor. Oh, oh, she's like, oh, I like Jade and Thor. Yeah. <laughs> it's too bad she dumped him off screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Guardians has a romance element to it. Yeah, I mean, I guess most of the movies have a romance element, but they haven't tried to do. Like a like romance strictly. genre yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of movie. They didn't haven't done like horror either. Yeah, yeah, they that's done the horror. other one I was gonna say. Well, I guess if any character is gonna be a romance based character, it would be Spider Man. That like oh, he yeah. feels like the kind of his story has always to me been one that that's pretty centered around his romantic relationship. You as do well a lot of teenage drama. Yeah, exactly. So we put it that's what Far From Home is actually about. <laughs> it's like a romantic comedy. <laughs> <laughs> all the action that we've seen in the trailer is all the yeah. action in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. Did you did you ever see that Saturday Night Live where they had Scarlett Johansson and um 
they did the Avengers, but as a romantic comedy. No. Yeah, it was. Oh, yeah, she was re- she was playing her character as Black Widow, and they they did it in that sort of corny '90s commercial or like when when they used to do commercials for romance movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so oh, they'd have the voiceover, <laughs> and they were like, "She was a working superhero just trying to make it in this world." <laughs> <laughs> he goes, "She had she had everything going for her except someone to love." <laughs> It was pretty. It was, pretty absurd. it was yeah. Look it up. It's uh, it's a pretty absurd commercial or <laughs> skit. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Were there any any uh, things uh, about Endgame that caused you any problems in, in terms of tr- just trying to make sense of it, or you know, things that people would call a plot hole, or just something that the you think the movie could have done better? I mean, aside from all the time traveling mumbo jumbo, again, those are things you have to ignore. Yeah. Um, one thing I thought about afterwards, like, how come? Why didn't Hawkeye just put the glove on, just snapped? You know, like, because everyone could have mm. done it, right? Like, it didn't have to be Iron Man at the That's end. That's true. Like, they had maybe to, he was scared of dying. Yeah, like T'Challa could have just had his armor, put it on, and just snapped. And wait, it, was Hawkeye close by? No, remember after the building crashed and then he yeah, found he the glove and he was trying oh, to run? Yeah. yeah, okay. And, and, I mean, they all wanted the same thing, Yeah. right? So they, anyone could have just put it on to snap. It didn't have to be that. But I guess for, like, you know, for dramatic yeah. and thematic Yeah, purposes. I guess he didn't want to die. <laughs> That's probably... He's not as a coward. He's nowhere near as heroic as we think. No, he did want to die. Because yeah. like, he, he wanted to jump off That's the cliff. That's true. That's true. Well... I want to tell a story. Oh, I'm going to take this moment this, to tell a short story. This was a pretty funny story. <laughs> so we were watching the movie. Uh, I, I went to watch the movie with Drew. And um, there were, we came to the scene where they find the soul stone the, uh, on Vormir. And, and yeah, on yeah. Vormir. And um, the, the way that the scene is set up, uh, it's in order to get the soul stone... They have to sacrifice. One of them has to make a sacrifice. One of them has to Hawkeye or Black Widow. Ha- Hawkeye or Black Widow has yeah, to yeah, make yeah. a sacrifice in order for them to retrieve the stone. So um, you know, there's a, this exchange of dialogue between Hawkeye <laughs> and Black Widow, yeah. and they're like, I-, I don't remember verbatim what they were saying, but you know, they were just talking, sort of in. They both said something like, we both know who has to die. Yeah, we both know who has to die. And they were both kind of being vague. Or I don't even know if they were being vague. But they, it, in my mind, I, I think I, I'm, maybe there was like a lot going on or something. But when I was watching that scene, I was like, wait a minute. Is this happening? Because the way I was interpreting what they were saying was you. they were both trying to get the other person to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah, you, you thought Black Widow was sincerely trying to kill Hawkeye. Yeah. You thought Hawkeye was sincerely trying to kill Black Widow. Because yeah. <laughs> there was that moment where Hawkeye's like, we, where he goes, don't get, uh, don't get all noble on me now. And he says something to the effect of, look at the things that I've done. You know, so so I interpreted it as... We just, we just saw Hawkeye killing all these people. <laughs> yeah, so the way that I read it was... I'm willing to do anything to get back to my family and, like, look at the things that I've done since this has all happened. Don't think that I won't sacrifice you for this. Like, I didn't read anything noble as I was watching it. I was just like, man, they really made him a jerk. Man, you're evil, man. And the, the funny thing is, is I realized you were thinking that because when we were sitting in the theater, you are like, what? Are they about to kill each other? No, like, no, what I said was, I turned to you and I was like, 
For a second there, I thought they were trying to kill each other. <laughs> when you said that, it just made me start laughing so hard. And, and by that point, it was the scene was starting to get all serious and somber. Right? But I'm just sitting there like trying to hold in my chuckles because like <laughs> from from the, from, the, from distance, you guys look like crazy people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to kill his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think those. Uh, I mean, yeah, like aside from like anyone could have just snapped everyone. Or you know, what was it like? They basically want Thanos to go, right, mm-hmm. to lose or whatever. They could have done that, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I guess the other thing is, I think they were. There's a chance that they might have been trying to do it without losing anyone, so they might have been trying to minimize the damage too. So. Yeah, I'm just nitpicking, but overall, I, yeah. I think how they did it was still really good. Yeah, I mean, I I didn't think about that until you just mentioned it. Yeah, but now that you here. mentioned it, I was like, oh yeah, he could have. <laughs> <laughs> you think there's any chance that after? Hulk had used the gauntlet to snap that uh, it was fried and, and you needed to be super strong in order to snap it again. I don't well, think Iron so. Man wasn't yeah, Iron Man strong, wasn't. But, but he was able to pull the gems off or the stones oh, yeah, off yeah, and yeah. put it onto his own armor. Uh-huh. But then like the actual glove that they were carrying around like a rugby ball, it was... Was it... Did it still have, like, malleability? Like, oh, could somebody like just stick work? their hand in and like, actually well, yeah, physically no, move their fingers? Thanos used it. But he's super strong. Hawkeye's yeah. not that strong. Oh, yeah, that's, that's weird because I guess it could shrink, right? I guess I guess that's what you true. Mean. It was like yeah. it was based on uh, Tony Stark's nanotech yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. I don't yeah. Know. I'm not gonna yeah. think it. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, that's a nitpicking, but yeah. I understood why they did it too. Because you, know, if you watch the first Iron Man to this one, it's like he was this selfish jerk to this selfless guy. So mm-hmm. it's playing with this yeah. like his, his I mean they had story. to set it up because I think ultimately they knew they wanted Tony Stark to die or <laughs> I mean kill him <laughs> yeah. they, they, they had to give him a noble send off right so they yeah so yeah Hawkeye you failed this again <laughs> uh, yeah I think overall it was, it was just really it was fun to watch uh, yeah I think I think anyone could just nitpick it but if you just watch it as is without like being super critical of everything it's, yeah it was really well done yeah, yeah. I so think I said we can't get too mad at quantum rat yeah well, oh. I guess <laughs> yeah you have to that, that, the rat that saved the, the universe. universe we don't know it but or uh, he's he's gonna get his own n- n- issue one so kids uh get Wait, really save your quarters no, no. Oh. <laughs> save your quarters uh for quantum rat issue one <laughs> The only rat in the universe that knows how to operate a time machine. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, when he came out of that, like, he wasn't holding that yellow container that he was at, at the end of Anime and the Wasp when he was getting all those whatever. Oh. He didn't come out with that thing. And what did he do with that? You know, did he, like, I guess he could have left it in there, but... Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question. Yeah. But they, I guess they filmed it all out of order, right? Did they film Endgame before they filmed Ant-Man and the Wasp? I heard that they did because when they did oh, okay. the funeral scene, people did not know why Michelle Fiber was there. <laughs> like, because oh. the movie hadn't come out yet. So then they didn't know, like, they must have, like, written everything without all oh, of Oh, so the... people already knew that there was a funeral scene? No, they call it the wedding. So all the actors apparently just stood there and then they just did they just did the scene. But they were all in black. <laughs> all their... <laughs> I guess it would be a dark wedding or something. It's a goth wedding. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they were really trying to hold on to their secrets in filming that's pretty interesting I didn't know that so they filmed everything out of order so even with the way Captain Marvel looked people were criticizing her because she looked like I guess she had more makeup 
but that was filmed like before Captain Marvel was filmed. Yeah. yeah. So everything was just like, so I'm, I'm thinking as Marvel, you're like trying to piece everything together without, somehow it all connected even though they were all out of order. I think as uh, non-film people, <laughs> we uh, this, yeah, uh, it occurred to me the other day or, or a while ago now that we're not really privy to how movies are made, but like editing is super important. And mm-hmm. uh, like for them, just from what I've gleaned of how they make movies, a lot of the times they, I mean, I, I feel like, when I used to think about how movies were made, I used to be like, oh, they just kind of, they know what the story is, so they seen it, film it, like, in uh, linear order, right? Yeah. Like, really, there's a lot of, like, scheduling that happens, and yeah. they, they want to maximize, so, you know, they seen, they film things out of order, and then they clip it together, and that's yeah essentially how movies are made, so, like, yeah, we don't really think about um, the logistics that go into it, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so, but not only the scenes were out of order, but the films were out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they still work together. Well, but that's the thing, right? So for such a monumental task where you're filming this epic 22-tale story, mm-hmm. and now that isn't to say that they were uh, doing this way back with the first movies, but you know, as the movies progressed and as they got a better idea of what they were doing, then and they tried to start orchestrating things so that different scenes uh would go into would would have relevance with other movies um that just increases the the amount of logistical preparation that they have to do right Mm -hmm. so like that task in and of itself is pretty impressive yeah so i think that scene was actually the best scene then like having all those actors there and then yeah standing there they even had that kid from iron man 3 yeah. yeah, I had no idea who he was. Yeah. So I was just like, why does this random kid get to be here? I had to look that one up. Yeah, yeah me too. Did he get dusted, do you think? I don't think so, because he's he older. Aged. He yeah. aged. So but, if he got dusted, he wouldn't have grown up. Yeah. Oh, oh right, right, right. He would have been... Okay, yeah. yeah. He would have yeah. been a lot older. Yeah. yeah. The, that that brings me to an, another, another question, but you know when Iron Man did... Uh, or not Iron Man, but when Hulk snapped the first time and brought everyone back that only brings back the people who actually got dusted in the first one right so so you know how um at in the post credit scene of infinity war when fury and and maria hill are driving through the city and they start seeing people get snapped mm-hmm. that means like people who were in the airplane or the helicopter that crashed and died like those mm-hmm. people don't get brought back because they weren't technically snapped right i presume that yeah. if they died they died okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So, it would have sucked if you were a part of that group of people. Yeah, <laughs> I wish I was snapped away. It's like, yeah. This would have been so much better. Yeah. But is, is there a reason why they could only bring back the people who were snapped? How come they couldn't bring back the people who just died in the tragedy in general? I well, think... He said he tried, right? With, with Black Widow. He said he tried to bring back. But that's back. different, because Black Widow had very specific rules to yeah. her, to, to, to getting the gem. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. Um, my, I think the thing that I use to reconcile that is it's one of those things where it's like almost like a monkey's paw where you have to be like really specific about what you're asking for. Right. Mm -hmm. So unless you, you, 
use it to go, okay, I want to bring everyone back, including people who have cancer, including people that, you know, like, but they were just intent on bringing the people back who were dusted, right? So with everything that was going on, maybe they couldn't conceivably plan it out to that level where they were like, okay, we want to bring back the people that were dusted. We want to bring back people who died as a result of people being dusted. Uh, we want to bring back uh, my aunt Helen. Uh, <laughs> you know, bring back Betty. <laughs> um, uh, there was this uh, dog that I really loved in the third grade. I'd like to see him again. <laughs> you know, like it's it's just about in my mind it's about specificity. But uh, I don't know if that necessarily. I bet Edward Norton wish like ah oh, snap me back in please. That would have been funny. <laughs> if <they> like, <laughs> change him back. That would have been so funny, man. If like and him Ed Norton cameo yeah. and uh, Terrence Howard. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, not even a snap. Yeah. Or not even the Infinity Gauntlet covers his back. Yeah. Here's another question. Um, I think somebody else brought this up to me, but. Uh, how did, how was the Thanos of 2014 able to move forward in time without the Pym particles? No, they they, took they it. yeah. Uh, they explained it, or um, you you remember that article that you sent me where the Russo brothers sort of explained everything? Mm-hmm. Um, so this might be Scott Snyder esque level convenient, <laughs> but um, they did have the Pym particles because yeah, yeah, yeah. they Nebula. the other Nebula was there. Yeah, yeah. and they, they had took hers. Yeah, yeah, they took hers, but their explanation was that... They manufactured more? Yeah, exactly. So that's how they were Reverse able to... Reverse engineered it? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And uh, that's how they were able to get like that the entire many people. fleet. Yeah. yeah. But then the other thing that they mentioned in that article was, well, if you think now that they're just going to have pin particles all around, keep in mind, they all got snapped away. So those particles went with them. Okay. So, so does that mean Gamora died? So the Gamora that you saw in Infinity War? No, the past one, the one that went into the future. The 2014 Gamora? No. Yeah, yeah. I don't she think didn't die. She didn't die. Is it because she turned on Thanos? But how would that? Oh, okay. So I guess um, the snap would have been like everyone on Thanos' side. Probably. I guess. Okay. Again, probably. monkey's paw. It's a monkey's paw. <laughs> okay. So you got to be very specific. It would, about what it you're would be kind of amusing if Guardians of the Galaxy three they spend the entire movie looking for Gamora and she doesn't exist because she got snapped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that would be kind of dark too <laughs> it would be a pretty dark twist just, like, like it, it starts off as this happy-go-lucky movie I know, they're playing like 70s like road trip music <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then at the end they discover that everything was futile yeah yeah <laughs> the thing that i think i would like to have seen that wasn't in was like like peter quill going back to his home so because he's there he's on earth mm. You know, like, it would be nice if they had that little scene where he's, like, instead of flying out to space, like, see his, his uncle. Or, That's or his true. uncle yeah. again. Because, uh, yeah, he's he's finally back on Earth, and it would be nice to see what what, what he would have done. Yeah, you never know. It might be in Guardians 3. Yeah. Well, oh. no, they went back to space oh, yeah. then, so. That's true. They yeah. flew off okay. already. Yeah, it's my fault that we, everyone was dusted, but I want to just make sure that you're okay and then fly away. <laughs> <laughs> Meet my friend, Tree. <laughs> <laughs> It did make me laugh to imagine the idea of uh, Captain America going back through time to return all the all the stones, uh-huh. and him going back to Vormir oh, to, like... to see the Red Skull again. 
This is awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you look like someone I, I just know. So, how have you been? <laughs> it's like, the Red Skull thinks, I finally got rid of the stone, I'm free from the curse. And then Cap comes back, it's like, here you go, have this back. Yeah, well, yeah. that's the funny thing, though, right? What if... What if he's not free from the curse? What if, even though he gives the stone away, he's still stuck there, just <laughs> guarding nothing now? <laughs> His life would suck. <laughs> like, I would jump this, jump off this. <laughs> he just be like, I just imagine him just walking around that mountainside, just going, "Now what?" Yeah. <laughs> just starts flo- floating around. <laughs> what about um, returning the aether into Jane Foster's body? Like, did oh, he yeah. just inject her with the thing, or what? Like, how did that... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Same with the, the power stone. Like, he had to have the, the, the little orb again. Yeah, put or it the, in. the cube. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, the cube. Like, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I guess they somehow managed to... Yeah. Or what if he doesn't... What if he messes it up? Like, what if he just put the, 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 the space stone back as it is, and it created an alternate reality where it's, like, not the cube anymore? Or like you saying with the you know the ether, it's just like you yeah. next to Jane Foster right away. <laughs> here you go. I don't know how to put this back in you, so I'm just gonna leave it here. Yeah. Uh, he just throws it at her. Yeah. <laughs> I tried. Yeah. Yeah. He was already, maybe that's why he stayed in the past. Like oh, I messed up, guys. So I'm just gonna. I don't want to have to face these guys and explain yeah. that I screwed up. So. <laughs> Maybe if I come back as an old man, they'll just yeah. be like, oh, he's an old man. Yeah, he's an old man. I'm not going to yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That explains it, actually. Because yeah. yeah. the regrets. <laughs> yeah, all the regrets. Because last time when we were talking about the ending with Captain America as Old Man Rogers, I thought it was a, it was a, an internal inconsistency with how they treated time travel in the movie. Uh, yeah. Because... Because, uh, you know, obviously if he goes back... They establish that every time you do something and change the past, you're only creating an alternate timeline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the idea of him going back in time and living out his life with Peggy, um, that should have created an alternate timeline. So how did he end up back into the prime timeline? Yeah. But, but then I read something where the I think the Russo said that he lived his life in that alternate timeline and exactly. then used the pin particles and came back. back to the yeah. prime timeline. Because he still had the pin particles, right? Yeah. So, exactly. Like, so I that's guess if their you, explanation. It, yeah, so I guess if you interpret it that way, then... It makes sense. It, the movie does make sense. Yeah. And I have to retract my words about the internal inconsistency. But I still think, in my heart of hearts, Captain I have a hard that. time believing that Captain America would do that. Yeah. Well, they didn't say... Uh, so I read the same article you did and... To be fair, I I didn't read it like super in detail. So, but what I did get from it was, well, we don't know that he didn't continue being Captain America in this alternate timeline, and he didn't continue like fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, and yeah. being a hero. So, you could make the argument that he went back there and he lived this life with Peggy Carter, and he went. He was he's, he was still Captain America and being just elsewhere yeah but just elsewhere so wait did he have multiple like pin particles or is it just one i think he just had just enough for the one trip so because weren't they all in different years yeah so so he had like he had to like fly to different planets in different years or wait until like good point do the let's see 
the way they used the pin particles, it, it not only allowed them to travel through time, but also travel through space, right? Because they ended up on different planets when they, yeah. when so they used he, them. Yeah, so he, like, let's say, who was the oldest well, one? Well, but don't you remember they had to create that little... They had to shrink the spaceship down and then enlarge it so that they could travel from place to place, too. Yeah, but, but I mean, when they first landed in... So, let's say uh, when War Machine, Nebula, Hawkeye, and Black Widow went into 2014... That transported them through time, but then they were also on a different planet. Right, but then the space stone was 1970s. Yeah. So he had to, he had to go to 19... It was a 2014 first, and he went back to 1970? I'm just going to presume... I'm going to presume that they had more, because this is post-snap. Hank, uh, Hank Pym is back, so oh, they okay. probably had... They could have made yeah, more. They, they gave him more, so... Okay. That's how I'll reconcile it. So, yeah, I guess he could have gone back to each of those separate timelines time. yeah, and yeah. returned the stones and then yeah. lived out his his life. And it's not that I, I assume that even in that alternate timeline with Peggy, that he was just living uh, as a recluse and not being kept in America. But I, I, I just find it hard to believe that he would abandon his prime timeline. And I think the Captain America that I'm familiar with from the comics... Yeah, if he got stuck somewhere, then he would have no choice, right? Like in Rick Remender's Captain America run, yeah. he had no choice. He he couldn't get back. But but uh, if he's able to, I feel like he would. He would. He would go yeah. back to the prime timeline, and he wouldn't just abandon everything in that re- in the prime reality in the prime timeline just yeah. so he could ha- be happy. Yeah. <laughs> in an alternate timeline. Yeah. Uh, so, uh. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. I mean, I, it's not like something where I'm mad that they got Captain America wrong or anything. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it's it's a movie where again he got punched by Thanos and got up. Yeah. And oh yeah, you say like didn't turn to like jelly or something. Yeah, <laughs> that should have killed him. <laughs> it's not the most egregious uh, misinterpretation of a character. Like you know, it's I'll I'll take that over Superman killing someone yeah like that. totally you know because that's what heroes do they, <laughs> they break people's necks <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they break people's necks and they break all the skyscrapers in the downtown yeah, yeah. area they have no concern for innocent civilians yeah. you know superman stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like he smashes through a building kills like scores of families and then he comes over and he's like, I got your cat out of this tree. <laughs> Priorities. Yeah, exactly. I'm a hero. <laughs> exactly. Sorry about your parents, kid. Yeah. <laughs> I was an orphan. I turned out fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My whole planet died. Yeah. yeah. You got off lucky. Find a river. <laughs> yeah. You still have a planet. <laughs> One thing uh, I thought was amusing, too, after the movie's been out a couple weeks, just hearing uh, what other people thought about it, because for some reason, I don't know why this was even in the news, but I saw a news report on Yahoo Sports that Clay Thompson walked out of yeah, Endgame. Yeah, I saw that too. Why? I guess he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, he, did he not watch the other 20 or something? No idea. The, the d- article didn't interview him or go into great detail about it, but they just said that, oh, he said he walked out of the theater yeah. like one or two hours into the movie. Must have been a DC fan. (laughs) (laughs) DC could never do this! (laughs) One of my other friends told me, too, actually, that she uh, walked out of the theater about an hour in because she 
just didn't like the idea of time travel wiping away all the consequences. Yeah. Oh. But even uh, even though I think by and large a lot of the times that's how time travel is used, I mm-hmm. do think that and we did discuss this in the earlier episode like uh, Marvel did try to make it so that we felt consequences even though they were still undoing it. So mm-hmm. it was a matter of, well, we're trying to fix this thing, but we still want to have knowledge that people lived with it, right? Mm-hmm. The, that people's lives aren't the same after this. And to to the degree that you can do that with time travel, where you can kind of fix the problem while still having consequences they they did the best they they could you know like it's kind of a gordian knot on some level um because how do you how do you deal with that story right yeah. uh, like really the the real ballsy thing to do would have just been to the the real ballsy thing would have been to end the movie with them right at the beginning where they killed thanos and that was it <laughs> the credits are <laughs> yeah. rolling yeah it's like all right guys we got our revenge done what, what if they had that scene where uh, Thor chops off Thanos' head and then you see the credits yeah. and then the rest of the movie is just the post credit scene. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been an interesting way to like present the movie actually. You see that, you hear that clang at the end and then also the movie begins. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would have been... That, I'm, I'm actually for that just in terms of the experimentality of it. When yeah. the Blu-ray comes out just try to pause it fast forward yeah. and then go. It's like they, they trained the audience to sit through yeah. the credits for 21 films yeah. so what if they just had the credits 20 minutes into the film and then like the, the rest of the, the actual movie is the yeah. post credits. Yeah. <laughs> that's so crazy. Like yeah that's uh, that's like performance art. <laughs> So, with the end of Endgame, I guess it's a good time to also talk about the MCU in general. Um, so, just going over some like a, a basic questions, like what what were your favorite MCU films? Let's say a top five. It doesn't have to be your definitive absolute list. Like you don't have to have an essay describing why it's your yeah. favorite, but you know, just off the cuff. I'm going to cheat a little on this one because mm-hmm. I'm going to take some of the uh, trilogies. Oh, that is cheating. Them. You yeah. are a cheater, Albert. I am a cheater. Like, yeah. How I dare am, you? I am dastardly scum of the universe. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, but I will say that the Guardians of the Galaxy is one of them. So one and two. I'm going to count that as one. That is cheap. So, you're, so <laughs> the question is more like, which one of your favorite franchises then? Yeah, as opposed to the individual films. Uh, no, I mean, like, I, there are individual films that I like, and there are definitely cases where, like Thor, for example, Ragnarok is something I enjoy, but I can't say that I enjoyed the franchise as a whole. Like, mm-hmm. one and two, probably, yeah. no, not probably, they didn't live up to that third film. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyways. Uh, and I'm going to count the Captain America uh, trilogy. trilogy as okay. one as well, so that makes it up there. Um, well, that's your top five. <laughs> that's five movies. See, that's that's uh. tough, right? Uh, the Avengers uh, quadrilogy would have to be up there. That's three. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
And I, I'm mentioning this just because you, you briefly talked about we briefly talked about it earlier uh, a little bit, but I I'd have to put it out there. I, I have to show some love for the Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. That's one that I think a lot of people kind of poo poo, but yeah, it's it's a good Hulk movie, and I I think people don't realize that in the early days of the MCU, like. If you didn't have the Iron Man and the Hulk scene, if you didn't have the scene in the Hulk where uh, Robert Downey Jr. shows up, yeah, you you don't get that effect yeah. where like, oh shoot, those two movies are connected. That's like yeah. the first time we see that at that point, mm-hmm. you know. That's true. So the Incredible Hulk adds something to that, and uh, you know, I still I, think it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story too. Like, and I don't want to disrespect it, and for the people that didn't like Ed Norton or whatever, it's just. You know, it's a good movie, man. It's mm-hmm. a good movie. Like it's. I agree. Yeah. Um. And for number five, I'll probably go with Spider Man. Like that counts, right? Yeah. yeah. Homecoming. Yeah, Homecoming. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, that's your top five, which is probably like ten movies. <laughs> <laughs> like half yeah. of the MCU. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was your bottom five? Oh, oh, bottom, bottom five. Because that was your question, right? Top and bottom. Yeah. That's... Okay. Ooh. ooh Incredible Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd probably put Thor one and two down there. I'll 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 count those as. Okay. Well, uh, okay. You count those separately. <laughs> I'll yeah. count those separately. <laughs> as opposed to the third one. <laughs> yeah. Um. I'm gonna have to probably say Doctor Strange is down there too. It's yeah. not one of the. It, I mean, it's it's kind of depressing because I like Doctor Strange a lot in Infinity War, but in his own movie, he didn't really. I think I mean, it's tough because it it gets tiring to watch these retreads of origin stories. Yeah, there's stories that we already know, and I didn't really feel like other than the visual aspect, it didn't feel like the movie brought anything new. Yeah, yeah. That's, I wouldn't yeah. agree. I, I disagree because even like with Thor and Hulk, like some of the individual ones, although yeah, the, the original origin story is all like familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They did. They were trying to do world building. Yeah. yeah. So like Thor one was. If you watch it now, it might not be as entertaining. But if it wasn't for Thor one, the audience would not believe that you can go into space. Because like you know, there was to be like Iron Man and Hulk. Like, they have to introduce that it. element. Yeah, yeah that's so then, true. So then Thor was that element. If Thor didn't work, then the Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't work. Yeah. And the Guardians of the Galaxy explained like, okay, there's this guy named Thanos out there that's like, mm-hmm. that's tyrant. Yeah. So even the, the origin stories that were boring, they did introduce something that's supposed to kind of plant in your mind what is to come. Mm-hmm. So like Ant-Man was to be like the quantum realm and Doctor Strange was to be the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they, they, they the play, world of magic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they kind of like, yeah, they, they were all like kind of do world building with the origin ones. Yeah, and yeah. I think I, I can appreciate that aspect of it, but I think as its own movie, just being someone who's familiar with Doctor Strange and his story, I felt like the story that was presented in the movie, it it wasn't as good as some of the Doctor Strange yeah. comics I've read. And it just felt kind of middle of the road. Yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, like I felt like it was it had it was predictable and just. Yeah, like he knew he was gonna live. Yeah, <laughs> no matter how bad it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah. I, but I think it just as a totality, it has its place. Yeah, it definitely has a place. Yeah, yeah. even like Captain Marvel, you're like 
I could live without her. <laughs> like, like that. You can actually watch the whole thing without Captain Marvel and it still makes sense. It's still yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, but it's intended so that it's just sort of show you that why was this lady, you know, this like, where the Avenger idea came from and yeah. all that mm-hmm. you know, this world building. But just the idea of it is still there. Like yeah, the, individually it's not that great, but. It, it played its role in, in the larger scheme of things. Yeah. yeah. And the other thing I didn't like about Doctor Strange was th- they made the ancient one a white lady. <laughs> was he an Asian man? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. They could have at least had an Asian lady. Like, yeah. I would have felt better about that. Yeah. She got Jet Li or something, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. Like, they go they go to Tibet. Yeah. It's in this monastery, and then they show up, and it's just this weird, like, multicultural group of everyone and it's just like wait what <laughs> i mean i get it you want to be inclusive and stuff but it's just weird <laughs> yeah it's yeah. pretty weird i mean i guess in a in a in a small way i'm okay with it being the, the multicultural group because if yeah. it had if all those if all the trainees and whatnot had been asian then it would have felt like dr strange was a white savior uh, that's true <laughs> but no, it's, I, it's, I just it's i just wish yeah i just wish that and it's weird i just wish that the ancient one herself were asian yeah because that that's supposed to be you know she's supposed to be the sorcerer supreme at at that point in time yeah and she might have been part asian yeah she didn't look asian. like it i don't think tilda swinton's part asian yeah <laughs> she's, I, she's kind of good, the whitest looking person that i can yeah. think of she's, she's a good actress but she's yeah. just not asian <laughs> you act asian for us uh, that would have been kind of offensive <laughs> Reminds me of that movie where Emma Stone played an Asian girl. Yeah. <laughs> Aloha. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think Iron Man 3 probably is in, in my bottom. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. And then... Maybe Ant-Man and the Wasp? Like, I'm, I'm trying to think what else is out there. Did you like... The first Ant Man more than Ant Man like, and the Wasp. I, I like the first Ant Man more than Ant Man and oh, the Wasp. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, it's hard to say that. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else that they've made. Black Panther. Uh, I like that though. Yeah. Like How about this Blade? <laughs> <laughs> Blade Two was horrible. Yeah. Blade Three was. Probably horrible too. I didn't bother with Blade Three yeah, after yeah. I saw Blade Two. Like the first Blade, I wasn't even that into it. It was just an action movie to me. Yeah. And then I saw Blade Two. That was one of the movies that I paid for to watch in the theater, and I regretted it. <laughs> I didn't walk out or anything, but I felt mad. I could have bought a comic. Yeah, I could have bought a couple comics. Yeah. See, so when I was a kid and I saw that, I didn't know that the Blade was part of Marvel. Yeah, that was before that. the MCU. Yeah. yeah. That was before he became Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's just had a bunch of different careers. He was the Daywalker, and now he's uh, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> okay, so those are my five. Okay. You guys? So we're doing individuals, not like franchises. Like that. It's, I cheated, but... <laughs> okay. Albert I'll play but now role. that I I'll broke play, the seal. Yeah, since I'm a guest here, play by your rules. Uh, so top five. Endgame. Uh, Civil War. Uh, I think Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. 
And I actually like Age of Ultron before everyone else like it now, because like, oh, it's connected to Endgame. No, I like it too. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was people, like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> I love the time it came out, people kind of... People were poo-pooing it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I remember I like, oh, this and is really And I was like, good. dude, yeah, I was like, this is a great... Yeah, yeah. If you like the first one, why why wouldn't you like this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I liked that. Uh... Well, the funny thing is, they didn't poo-poo it. It, it was weird, because I think it came out after, like, the Superman, or it came out after one of the Justice League movies, and after Man of Steel, might have been Man of Steel, and I don't think it was as bad because like people were actively vocal about how bad Man of Steel was, but you could tell that people still didn't like Avengers. Yeah, it, it felt like it felt like they were expecting something and they didn't get what they expected. That was the impression that I got yeah. when people were upset with Avengers 2. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I liked it. I liked Avengers 2. Uh, Infinity War. Is that 4 or 5? So you said Endgame, Civil Civil, Civil War, War, Infinity War, Age of Ultron. Uh, Age of Ultron and then Infinity War. Age of yeah. Ultron. Yeah. So that's 4. I probably Winter Soldier. It's basically all the Russo stuff. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. a good That's a good list. Yeah. yeah. But then that's it's bad. It's, it's weird because I'm like... I, all the movies were actually good. It's just that they're. It just kept getting better and better. So it's hard for me to like kind of decide which one's like oh. top, bottom five. That's a good bottom, problem. Is, That's I, a good I, problem to have. Yeah. Though. Right. Because I say that because the bottom five doesn't mean that I think they're terrible. It's just in relative terms. Yeah. Like, Compared to the yeah, rest yeah. of them. Yeah. Like I guess bottom five would be Thor two. Uh. Let's see. Iron Man two. Uh, Incredible Hulk. Again, they're not saying that these were bad. Were good. Hey, it's fine, man. I, yeah. I I made my case for it, so that I, that's all I can do. Yeah. I challenge you to a duel, right? <laughs> yeah. See, that's like, what else was the pistols at dawn? Uh, oh, man, I'm trying. I'm trying to think in order now. Like, which one was? Okay, this sounds weird. The first Avenger film, uh, and it is only because I, I rewatched it recently. So, uh-huh. oh, okay, it's not structurally as well done as the others. I understand why it was done at the time because, like, the first forty minutes was kind of like set up. Yeah, and then you know because they're trying to build up like oh like everyone's working together and everything. Yeah, but the last half was amazing. But so, but again, it's just only because everything else was so good that looking back at it, you can see kind of the quality to be. Yeah, um, I get that actually. Yeah. Uh, and I guess maybe Doctor Strange. Yeah, I think those five are like bottom five. Okay, okay. I think for me, my top five, and I don't have a specific order for the top five, but I think my top five would be uh, Winter Soldier, uh, Civil War, Black Panther, Guardians Volume 2, and Ragnarok. I think those are probably probably my top five. I don't know. Maybe if I watched all twenty two again, I would have to revise that. Yeah. But as of this moment, when I when I just look at the list of the movies, that's what comes to mind. And I think what I like about each of those is that they're all like singular, cohesive statements in each movie, right? But I like I I like stuff like the Avengers movies and. Endgame and Infinity War because they're like all the spectacle, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but in terms of, in terms of, like singular stories, I feel like 
I don't know. They're all... I, no, I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to say that those five I listed are just my favorites. Just for different reasons. Okay. Um, they're, they're the ones I can probably rewatch over and over. Yeah. Again and again. Without getting tired of them. Uh, in terms of my bottom five, Thor 2 would probably be the Nadir. And Iron Man 3... I wasn't too big on Iron Man 3 either. Actually, Iron Man 3, I might even like that less than Thor 2. Um, <laughs> probably Doctor Strange yeah. is in the bottom five for me. Uh, and after that, it gets pretty tough because everything else I feel like is along the same lines of quality. There's, yeah, there's redeeming qualities. Or, yeah. I mean, they all, I guess they all have redeeming qualities, but yeah. some more than others. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I guess if I had to pick five just to pick two more just to fill out the the bottom five i guess the first ant-man i liked ant-man and the wasp more than the first one um and then maybe maybe the first thor yeah yeah but it's not it's not like i don't even like it because that's something i would want to watch again and ant-man also yeah don't borrow the blu-rays <laughs> eventually someday probably okay. i don't know if i would want to watch uh dr strange again anytime soon yeah 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 i like i i i have fondness for the character and i'm definitely hoping that two is gonna be better yeah you know but i, I think i think for me uh I tend to like the sequels more than the the first movie. Yeah. Just because uh, I get so tired of seeing origins over and over. It has to be a really well done origin story for me to really sit up and take uh, notice and, and really appreciate it. Because <coughs> I know it's unpopular, but I'd, I'd probably say I enjoy Iron Man 2 more than the first Iron Man. Iron Man 1 is probably the better movie, but I think I just like Iron Man 2 more. Yeah. Because it entertains me more. Whereas Iron Man 1, one of the things that makes that so great is because it was the first one and it was fresh. Like, yeah. you hadn't seen anything like it when it first came out. And and Iron Man 2, they're just kind of uh, playing on that formula and just doing it along the same parameters, but with a new story and not, not spending too much time... Uh, establishing the character because you already know him at that point i feel like a lot of origin stories kind of suffer because they spend so much time trying to establish the character that they're not really telling at least for me a super compelling story like i can sit through them if they're done competently but i just like the sequels more Mm. is black panther does that count as an origin or do you think civil war what's the origin uh i think black the first black panther counts as his origin Okay. But I think that one stands out because it tells a story that isn't so focused on <coughs> T'Challa. It's not, yeah, like it's not so focused on explaining how he came to be a hero, but it's more about exploring who he is as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the better way to explore a character's origin, because because if they had spent, um, you know, half the movie showing what it takes for him to put on the suit or whatever, you know, like, first of all, they already kind of glossed over that in civil war. Cause you see him, uh, he's fully his, formed. His, his father dies and yeah. then he ends up going on this quest f- for revenge. But in the, mo- his solo movie, 
I think it did have the luxury of not having to deal with all that, but it was able to just get into a story that focused on the core of the character as opposed to trying to tell a story that explains why this character is who he is, why does he exist, and all the other stuff like the world building, introducing Wakanda, they were able to integrate that in a way that was just smooth so you didn't have to spend all this time with exposition or just characters explaining where they came from or what they're doing and whatnot. You could just follow the story and get all the dramatic beats. Yeah. <clears throat> Is there two Wakandas in the MCU? Two Wakandas? Because in Age of Ultron, they went to Wakanda. Yeah. And then the Black Panther had a Wakanda. Is there two Wakandas? No, they're the same No, Wakanda. that was the Wakanda that they went to in Age of Ultron. Because remember uh, Claw? He was in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Right, right, right. So then why was the one in Age of Ultron so messy looking? Like, it's like it would look like some South America place. But then, in, you know... Wait. In Black Panther, it was you like... You mean where the Hulk and Iron Man fight took place? Yeah, yeah. That wasn't Wakanda. That was Wakanda. Was, was it? it? Cause then Banner was like, "Oh, we're we're, we're whatever," and I'm like, "Oh, it's in Wakanda." And then he stuttered to say the name, and then they said, "Was it Wakanda?" Was it Wakanda? I think it was. So there's two Wakandas then. No, it's just that Wakanda is a is a country, right? So there's different cities. Oh, yeah. I think that's oh. that's how I look at it. Okay. Oh, like one is like in the forest somewhere, and then one is like outside there's the, the forest. Secret city. Oh, okay. Right. Okay. Well, if in in the comics they have they have uh, the major cities, right, and then. T'Challa and the royal family are in the capital city, but then the other cities, um, they're they they don't all look the same because they may they may actually look more uh, like mundane uh-huh. uh, as opposed to hyper technological, okay. and and I think the reason for that in the story, which is also something they touched on in the Black Panther movie, they said that Wakanda was formed uh, when several different tribes were unified. Uh-huh. So, like, the different tribes still have their own culture and, and the way that architecture style, I, I yeah. think. So, you sort of see it, that it, in it the kind movie of makes sense. You... So, in Asia Ultron, that was, like, one of the other tribes. Most likely. It wasn't the capital city. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that was Wakanda. Yeah, that, that's how they teased it back okay. then. It's like, there is, a, there is a Black Panther out there. Okay. Cool. Yeah. It's, it is interesting to see how they like to tease things for future movies. Yeah. Because I, I do remember when we saw Claw in Age of Ultron, I was like, oh, that's Claw? See, yeah, we might see uh, Black Panther soon. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Age of Ultron was where he... Is that where he lost his hand? Or... No. Yeah, yeah. It's it where was? he lost his hand. Yeah. Okay, all right. They were fighting on some sort of, uh, what Boat. was it, shipping container? Yeah, yeah the... We're held the vibranium. What's yeah. it called? The uh, breached ship, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. So sp- speaking of how... Uh, the movies end up putting these little hints and teasers to point towards future movies. Let's talk a little bit about the future of the MCU. Yeah. I think this is a subject that actually makes more sense uh, to talk about now, a couple of weeks out, over uh, when we initially talked about it, if only because a lot of news has come out since, mm-hmm. and they've kind of discussed what movies that they're going to put out. Mm-hmm. So it sort of makes sense for us to... I guess navel gaze, yeah. <laughs> based on the new information that, that we've gotten, and um, you know, uh, just kind of nerd out and pontificate on that. Yeah, because we we speculate, but we speculate based on the facts that we know on yeah. that, that we know <laughs> of. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, what has already been announced in terms of this forthcoming slate of films. The first 
thing that's going to come out next is Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah. There was a trailer that was released a couple days or weeks after Endgame. Yep. And it has a... If you watch that trailer, there are some spoilers for Endgame in it. Yeah. It was a trailer that you could tell that they were specifically holding on to for after Endgame because up to that point... um, up to that point, nobody was really sure where Far From Home took place in terms of the timeline. Mm-hmm. So, um, all all that they told us was Far From Home is the definitive uh, period on Phase 3. So, that could have meant anything. So, a lot of people were looking at that and saying, oh, this could be a story that takes place prior to Infinity War, or uh, it could be after, and, you know, it was... There was just a lot of speculation in terms of what what that was going to look like. And this trailer uh, confirms without a doubt that it's a movie that takes place after Endgame. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it takes place in 2023, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, the first giveaway is there's a scene where Peter Parker is talking with Happy Hogan. And it's a moment where you can tell that... It's been it's an emotional moment for Peter Parker and he's and they they're talking about the death of Tony Stark mm-hmm. and what what his life is like now and uh, a big theme of the trailer itself seems to be now that Iron Man is no longer there in our world the world needs a new Iron Man and there are a couple of lines in the trailer and a couple of places where they they were saying well, we need a new Iron Man mm-hmm. and um yeah, the the trailer even introduces Mysterio and teases him as this could be the guy who's going <laughs> to replace Iron Man. I never would have thought that, but okay. It's <laughs> yeah, a funny concept, especially for comic book long-time comic book yeah. readers. We need a new Iron Man. It's Craven the Hunter. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that far from home the trailer what, the other thing it introduced was mis- there's a line where Mysterio says, or maybe Fury says that Mysterio is from a multiverse yeah. or from the multiverse from another reality that somehow entered the prime reality yeah. after the snap or because of the snap. I mean, granted, it's Mysterio, so for all we know, he's lying about it. Yeah, but a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans, are taking him at his word, face value. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. I, like, so th- this is a conversation that feels like we're just gonna kind of be all over the place because there's just so much to kind of touch on. But um, it does feel like building up to phase three, um, they the the kind of I guess the the height of where they could go in terms of. Um, this i guess the stakes that they're setting they they went to space right mm-hmm. and now that we've kind of hit the furthest reaches of space by fighting thanos what other threats or what other aspects of science fiction can you explore and it seems like there's been a lot of talk of the multiverse kind of being the next uh the, the next frontier i guess yeah uh which I don't know. For me personally, it's kind of a sketchy, uh, not sketchy, but it's it's kind of a touchy. Uh, 
I don't know what you call it, but like a, a touchy, a slippery uh, slope. It's uh, nah, it's not a slippery slope, but like in, just in terms of a story convention, I guess it's 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 a very delicate thing to tell a story about because if you do it wrong, it there's a chance that it could just go really corny, you and know, get extremely convoluted, get extremely convoluted, it just be really corny and. Um, yeah, like that exactly, right? So it's it's almost like Jenga in the sense that they'd have to do a really good job in order to tell it right. It, it's the same way that time travel as a story convention is kind of a touchy subject to to introduce into movies. Like it, I think we talked about this in the in the previous podcast, but um uh, the good ones are very good, mm-hmm. but the bad ones are just hacky, yeah. right? And uh, you're like, like let's take Terminator as an example, right? One was okay, like uh, even good maybe, depending on who you ask. Two is probably the height of how good uh, time travel was in terms of stories. But, you know, every Terminator movie since has just been, you know, retreading old old uh, conventions and it just hasn't been very good you know so it's hard for me to so so even the people that you know did the best version of it and to be fair james cameron didn't do any of those after it but you know he didn't do the third one i don't think he did the third one. Oh, okay yeah i forgot uh like I, in fact i think uh the big announcement like a year ago maybe was that he was doing another terminator and the the thing that made it big was it was James Cameron coming back to the Terminator. Oh, okay. So, yeah, but um, yeah, so it's it's hard to do time travel and multiverses, or yeah, uh, in a way that doesn't take me out of it as a comic book story, I guess. Because like, uh, yeah, it, it's. It's an it's an incredibly comic booky convention, if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Yeah. And if they do it wrong, then it just kind of it gets very corny, and you can it just takes you out of the movie, and it just yeah, that that's that's all I can really uh, say to that. But I don't know what you guys your guys' thoughts on that are. I think if they train the audience to know what they're looking for. Yeah. Like, so if they somehow train the people like okay there is such thing as a multiverse yeah and they could differentiate and you can watch it visually and know what the differences are yeah because i think that's what marvel's been doing the whole time right like yeah you know, with, with hulk you know that there was this connected film verse yeah with thor you know that these characters go into space with captain america and then avengers and everything that was all building up so they're training the audience even even like the end credits right they're training the mm-hmm. audience to, to look at certain things yeah and i think with the multiverse thing like um, they they can do it. If it just depends on how they like train the audience yeah, to like yeah, yeah. to listen. Because I used to watch a show Fringe. You yeah, that show. You have you seen it? I never saw it, but I know it was about multiverses. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. how they did it was like they actually split the season into essentially like twenty four episodes. But yeah, half the season was on one universe, yeah. and the other half was on another universe. Oh, oh and they did it, and you knew that which universe you were watching because the intro yeah. had different color scheme. Okay. So this is the red universe, and then this is the blue universe. Okay. And at the, at the season finale, they played both colors. So it was like red okay. and blue, so that you knew, like, okay, this is an episode where everyone's coming together. So then, like, those, so they kind of slowly build up to, like, all the complicated stuff. So if, let's say one day down the line they do, like, the Hickman secret war, they've 
they would have done it. I'm assuming unless they do another like 20 movies. Yeah. yeah. They would use 20 movies to establish like all of these universes are going to yeah. come together somehow. And I think it's cool that you brought up the Hickman Secret Wars because I was going to say I think there's two ways to do multiverses and I think DC for the most part is known for <laughs> like really playing in that realm of multiverses mm-hmm. and even though there are a lot of people who like DC's multiverse stuff like I can't say that I'm really a huge fan of it. You mean in their comics or in their in TV their comics, shows? In their comics, okay. and and I would even go as far as to say that the TV shows tend to emulate those. Yeah. But um, even when the TV shows emulate all the stuff that come from the comics, like Crisis on Infinite Earths or whatever, they come up with the same problems, which is they tend to be convoluted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the only way a multiverse works for me, oddly enough, is is one of two ways. You either establish rules and like you're subtle about it or you kind of go overboard and you just embrace it fully right so um like one example for me is rick and morty um they they do a lot of multiverse stuff and i don't know if you guys watch that show but um like it's just so absurd that they just revel in the absurdity of it (laughs) you know so uh so i'm okay with that because it's more tongue-in-cheek but they occasionally use it to tell a pretty serious story mm-hmm. um but the other way that i i i'm, I'm loath to say that it's subtle but the way that hickman does it does feel like it's more serious and it's not oh we're coming up against this is the version of me with a mustache and yeah. this is you know like so they, they come across so for people who don't know the um Jonathan Hickman uh, multiverse story that he did in his run. What what his run was about was multiple Earths across multiple dimensions crashing into each other. That was his kind of giant crisis, crises. And you never really saw like the Avengers dealing with multiple Avengers, or did you? I mean, there were a f- couple of points. Okay. I mean, there was that one story where these. Uh, I forget what... I guess they were alternate universe evil Avengers that ended up on in the 616. Yeah. Uh, the unworthy... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then there was also that story where they ended up fighting, uh, like, the Justice yeah. Society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that worked yeah. because it wasn't them against it w- themselves. Yeah, it, w- it wasn't Iron Man fighting... Evil his, Iron Man. Yeah. Eye patch Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but... From what I remember of reading of his run, like it treated multiverses as just this chaotic event, right? So it's universes crashing into universes, and then uh, occasionally they would run up against other superheroes or super people from those universes that they had to contend with, mm-hmm. you know. But it it just felt like those interactions were on a more limited scale, and yeah. it was really more about dealing with the crisis of the universal destruction. They, they saw the multiverse as a threat because these incursions were threatening the yeah. fabric of the entire multiverse. Yeah. And I think by treating it as something that was a threat and not something where it's like, hey, let's go on vacation to Earth 787 yeah, yeah. or whatever, you know, yeah. it makes more sense. Yeah. They're trying to stop. They're trying to stop these multiversal it's interactions. Yeah. It's, it's a disaster is what it is that they're, that they can't, physically or not physically but they can't uh 
you know, put a face on. Yeah. So that, yeah, exactly. It makes more sense to me to do a multiverse story that way. Yeah. Which is what I, you know, when we talk about like theorizing that might be the next phase or so. Yeah. They, the culminating yeah. event. Yeah. Like a the Secret next Wars movie. type yeah. of thing. Like after the next 20 Marvel movies or so. Yeah. Maybe they will have to deal with incursions. Maybe yeah. Mysterio is from a different. Uh, multiverse yeah. or universe. Yeah, we find it after like Secret War, they finally are able to integrate like the X Men, Fantastic <laughs> <laughs> Four. After, yeah, after because like they could say, oh, they're all different multiverses and they function on their own. And then after Secret War, like okay, this is how we explain everyone being at one place. Yeah, after Secret War, that would be one way to do it. Because <clears throat> they do have the Fantastic Four and the X Men under their their banner now. Yeah. Yeah. Was, yeah, yeah, that was one of the discussions that we did have was mm-hmm. now that it makes sense to me that moving forward, they're going to want to do the X-Men and the Fantastic Four because how do you top everything that's already existed so far, right? Yeah. So um, they were able to build this multi-billion dollar industry with the Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, lesser known properties now that you have something like x-men and the fantastic four i mean yeah that's that's how you top it yeah like so it only makes sense but the question is how do you uh how do you introduce introduce those elements now that you're here yeah um yeah we'll definitely have to get to the fantastic four and x-men but the they haven't really announced anything official yet then another movie that they've announced is a black widow solo movie yeah I think they're supposed to start filming uh, within the next couple months, so I don't know. Maybe it'll come out next year or in 2021. Uh, like another multiverse. Yeah. Like this is a black woman from another universe that survives. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the gem. She's just hanging out in the gem with Gamora. Oh, that would be interesting. <laughs> the whole two hours. Like. I don't know if that's the movie I want, <laughs> but that would be the movie I would not expect. Yeah. The other thing that I remember hearing... And not to detract away from your list of movies, but um, Phase 4, uh, and they didn't really go into it in great detail. They said that what they wanted to do in Phase 4 was they wanted to tie it more into their shows. Oh. Like Disney Plus? Yeah, so oh, yeah. I, I assume that it's their... I don't know if... So, okay, another side note. But um, I heard that Disney got majority stock in Hulu now, so yeah. I don't know if... That means that Hulu Simpsons will show up. In the <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we have uh, Wolverine going cowbunga, dude. <laughs> Eat my shorts. Eat my shorts. <laughs> um, but uh, so I don't know if Disney Plus is still happening. If like Hulu is kind of if they're just gonna it's still happening. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're just gonna so, be two separate things, I guess. Yeah, because Disney weird. Plus is like more family. Oh, okay, okay, Hulu okay. could be like their adult one. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so I mean, it explains why Hulu is still pumping out uh, Marvel-based shows, whereas Netflix has "quote unquote" canceled. Yeah. Them. Yeah. They should all just dust it and not come back. <laughs> <laughs> or die right that was, before the dust. What if that's how Daredevil or um, what's it called Jessica Jones season three ends? <laughs> gets dusted. That's why she's not around anymore. <laughs> yeah. So I'm guessing the Black Widow movie could probably be a flashback movie. Yeah. That's 
Like, it'd, it'd be weird to me if they tried to make a movie where they brought her back or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, they'd have to break their own rules, and yeah. that's never good. Yeah. Yeah. So Did I'll, they actually announce it, like, the dates and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. They, I don't know if they announced the release date for it, but I know that they announced that Black Widow is going to start filming this summer. Oh. I think in June or July. Yeah, I wonder if this is going to be, like, uh, you know, they, like, look at some file about her life or something, and they just think about it. You know, it's like, like yeah, a it's flashback, flashback movie. Like, yeah. something like it could be like a mystery or something, kind of like a. What was that one story from uh, from Green Arrow where uh, they come back and they're like they go on a quest to. Are you thinking of the Archer's Quest? Might have been the Archer's Quest where they're like, "Oh, this is something that I did before I died, but now that I'm back, we're gonna go and retrace yeah. our steps." <laughs> Could be something like that. Where she comes back and does all that? Oh, well, without that part. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it could be like the surviving people going, oh, this is a scrapbook of her stuff. We Let's... I, like you said earlier, I don't know if that's necessarily the movie I want, but yeah. that could be a direction that they go. It seems like the most straightforward thing to do would just be to do a movie set in the past yeah. without having a framing story to show you that it's a flashback. And I'd be cool with that. Like, honestly, Black Widow's a character that doesn't necessarily... Like, her best stories are... And I'm not saying that she doesn't have good, like, superhero stories, but um, the way I envision it is her best stories are probably her, like, spy stuff. I yeah. mean, that's what she is. Espionage yeah. thrillers. And that's kind of its own isolated thing. Yeah, you know? like, and, it'd be cool if they did a movie that was based on uh, the Richard K. Morgan uh, miniseries, which yeah. is just kind of an exploration of her origins, but it wasn't like a flashback story. But I guess, you know, being a movie, they would have to make it take place in the past. But just something where she learns something about herself and goes on this crazy mission, and you get to see, you know, how how talented she is as a fighter and a spy and yeah. do all this stuff. I wonder if that's why they told... I felt like Endgame teased some stuff. And I, and I wonder why... Now, now that you're talking about it, it makes me wonder if mm -hmm. that's why Red Skull said her dad's name. Oh, that's right. Like, that's true. The daughter Ooh. of Ivan or something like that. Interesting. That, that's even, a good point. And even like... You know, Falcon getting the shield, Loki going into the... Getting the space. I think these are all like teasers mm -hmm. that like leads you so again training the audience you yeah know, like, yeah like you're, that's you're, true you're thinking about like a oh, why is this here in the larger context of everything mm. age of ultron had a flashback where sh uh, oh, showed yeah, her training in the red room yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and that i think that was something that richard k morgan might have come up with himself i think or maybe someone else did before cool. him but i forget but i know that was a big part of his story too it's a cool name yeah yeah and then there was also a uh, references to budapest when she and Hawkeye are talking in the different movies. Yeah. So I... What if the film was, like, about that? It that? could be about that mission, because, like, they're always talking about... Remember that yeah, time yeah, in yeah. Budapest? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, you remember it much differently than I do. Yeah. That would be fun, man. You could see like, Hawkeye in her movie, too. I like... I mean... Maybe. I like Hawkeye, and I know he gets a lot of... They give him a lot of crap, or people in general give him a lot of crap, but I like Hawkeye. He's a core Avenger. Yeah, man. Yeah, I remember we showed up in Thor. I was like, oh. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> like Hawkeye. Everyone, everyone's like, who's that? It's like, that's, that's Hawkeye. Don't you know who Hawkeye is? <laughs> he was in the arcade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Another movie that they've officially announced is The Eternals. I don't know anything about them. So it's, um, well, I guess it's important that we give a little bit of background, but it's another species within the Marvel Universe, and they're, they've always been very similar to the Inhumans in my mind. Uh, I guess I guess their power level is way higher than the Inhumans. Uh, or I don't even know if that's the case. I think it would be fair to say that, because the Eternals were the sort of proto-human race that were created millions and millions of years ago by the Celestials. The Celestials uh-huh. being these uh, cosmic beings. beings that are... I guess they're kind of like godlike beings. They're always really mysterious, but they're just massive, the size of Galactus or something. Yeah. Uh, and they, I guess they have a role in the cosmic order of the Marvel Universe. And they created, they came to Earth millions of years ago, created two races, one called the Eternals and one called the Deviants. Yeah. And these two races have been at war for millennia. And I don't really understand or know exactly why i've never read the original stuff yeah the they were created in the mid 70s by jack kirby after he returned to marvel so he he actually left marvel in the late 60s went Mm -hmm. to dc created stuff like the new gods the fourth world comics yeah and then he came back to marvel in in this later in the 70s and the eternals was one of the comics that he created which is it's also kind of similar or touches similar themes as the new gods yeah uh just these like eons old super powerful beings that deal with drama on this cosmic scale does inhumans exist in the mcu because i know they exist in the tv show yeah and then they yeah. have that they have that inhuman show yeah, yeah. which i never watched but it is didn't that, look good was it is this canon or are they just gonna say like that doesn't exist much like the netflix shows i think they're gonna say they, those never existed wait did, is that what they said the well, that's my thing that, that's my theory because i'm like they're canceling everything, like they're like basically force canceling all the Netflix shows, and you never hear a reference about them. And the only reference that you see of the TV shows to the movies was like Agent Carter, which I guess that means that Agent of Shield also exists. Mm-hmm. So the Inhumans exist. Yeah. So if the Eternals come in. That means like there's these Eternals and the Inhumans, and then there's yeah. now yeah. the X Men somewhere. Mutants. <laughs> the other thing that I remember. Oh, sorry, not to. Uh, interrupt but i wanted to get it out before i forget but the other thing i remember about the eternals is they were supposed to be the basis of like gods that uh early humans worshipped right like that's why they were no or am i remembering that 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 makes sense because some of them are named after mythological gods like icarus or cersei yeah uh, actually, I heard that they're trying to get Angelina Jolie to play Cersei. Yeah. Okay. Uh, this this could be a, a romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> the one everyone's waiting for. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'm just curious because then, like, what you're describing is that like how the Inhumans were like they were. It sounds kind of similar. Right? They're very <laughs> yeah, similar. Yeah. So like they're retreading the same thing on the. I mean, I that's the. That's the I guess the thing. difference with the Eternals is that they're not technically immortal, but they are extremely, extremely long lived. So they've, the the Eternal characters, like the main characters in the comics, they've been alive for, like millennia or something, or centuries they're, or something. They're, uh, they're Eternal or not Eternal, but they're immortal. Uh, immortal, right? Aren't they? They, they're probably close enough to being immortal for all intents and purposes. Yeah. Um, 
the because I remember main story that, that kid I remember was a reading. kid for yeah. like ages. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't age. So so the the there's this one story that came out. Uh, might have been 2006 already since it came out, but Neil Gaiman did an Eternals uh, miniseries that was supposed to kind of bring them back into the Marvel universe. I don't. I think they did have they did. an ongoing series after Charles that. Charles Knopf wrote oh, yeah, the series right. after that. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious how Marvel's going to do it then. It would be interesting. Yeah. I mean... The the story in the Neil Gaiman uh, miniseries, that one was pretty interesting because one of the Eternals, he he has the mind and the maturity of An adult. all of them, but he, his body is just a kid's body. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's like extremely upset and angry at the world that... He's like that. Why is he cursed? Yeah. with youth, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah, okay. It was that was a really I I enjoyed that series quite a bit. Yeah, actually. that was a good comic. That's yeah. probably Neil Gaiman's best Marvel comic. I like that more than sixteen oh two. Yeah, I'm thinking what else he did for Marvel. Probably not. I think that yeah. might be it. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I, not like, much. I like sixteen oh two, but yeah. the Eternals was like that was a really good comic. Yeah. Uh, they've also got Doctor Strange 2 coming out. Yeah. That's expected, right? Yeah, that's yeah. to be expected. Yeah. I mean, if they're gonna touch on the multiverse they're, and the Celestials, um, it would make sense that Doctor Strange would play a bigger role in Phase 4. Yeah. So, okay. What do you imagine Doctor Strange would fight in Doctor Strange 2? Or what would the premise be? Who's that guy that Dr. Baron Mordo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think... Too many... This is that end credit scene. He's still yeah. out there trying to kill all the magic users, yeah. I think. He should have went during that end game scene because they're all there together. <laughs> <laughs> like, here's your chance. I know, that's right. <laughs> I don't know if he was powerful enough to do that, though. So I'll secretly just go around stabbing people and <laughs> run away. <laughs> I can see him being, like... Uh, I don't know if he's the main villain because it's weird going from Dormammu to Baron Mordo. Yeah. Because he's this, you know, giant multi-dimensional entity with all this power and then for Doctor Strange to go back down to just fighting a dude who, like... Isn't as good a magician as he is. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, uh, I guess. Um, yeah. They could, they could have him fight Shumagoras. The, uh... That'd be cool. He's like this they just made him a tentacle giant demon thing. With an eyeball. Yeah. Kind of like a Cthulhu. Yeah, kind of Marvel's character. version of a Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, would be a Doctor really Strange. deep cut. Oh wait, no. <laughs> I remember what they said. Um Doctor Strange 2 is gonna have Nightmare. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well that totally makes sense actually. Okay. Because Nightmare is one of his uh Yeah. One of his adversaries. So we're gonna see the dreamscape. Nightmare is any of that. Nightmare so is a guy who goes into the dreamscape and gives people I guess he can he has power over the dreamland where yeah. he can draw you in and yeah. stuff that happens to you there I guess happens to your body like Freddy Cougar kind of like that yeah okay. well from what I remember um I think he was Marvel's response to Sandman oh that's yeah. funny cause he looks like Sandman that's true he does it. yeah he's got the pale skin yeah. and the spiky hair yeah so oh. yeah um but, uh, yeah, I mean, that that actually opens up another realm for Marvel Comics to explore. You could see Sleepwalker, dude. Ooh, that would be... 
Yeah. Dude. Yeah. If they have Sleepwalker, you got to watch that movie twice. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I'd, I'd support that. Robert Kirkman would love that. <laughs> yeah, totally, man. Another movie on the slate, Black Panther 2. Yeah. I think that's supposed to come out maybe 2021. They announced that a while ago, right? See, that's why when Infinity War happens, like, oh, I already know you're Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you got to believe that T'Challa's coming back. Yeah. And then there's some, I'm sure there's probably another Spider-Man somewhere. <laughs> Most likely. Yeah. Uh, like, who do you think they're going to have Black Panther go up against in Black Panther 2? Or um, what What direction do you think the story is going to be? People hoping, are speculating. I'm really hoping. <laughs> that would be, that would be pretty so perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it'd be cool. And then they make the Illuminati or something after that. Secret Wars. That Dude, would man. be cool. <laughs> I mean, like... I I do want to see the Illuminati, but more than that, I just want to see these two guys hate each other. (laughs) Yeah. The enmity between T'Challa and Namor is super compelling drama. Yeah. And I think the thing that could make it... I I don't know if it's going to be better than the comics, because the comics did it really well, but I think the thing that it can do better is that it's not going to have, like, all the baggage of something like A versus X or... You know, all these other stories that were... Because these are two characters that have existed in the Marvel Universe for mm-hmm. ages and they've already had a bunch of interactions. But the if they do do it in a movie, they can just kind of streamline the, the reason for why they hate each other and uh, essentially pick and choose the best story elements and just tell mm-hmm. a, a much more condensed and cleaner version of why these two guys hate each other. So yeah. that'd be fun. That would be. Does Does Marvel have the rights to do a Namor story? Because I've heard his rights were with Universal or something like that. I looked it up the other day, and it's one of those contract things where it's kind of sketchy, like what, what, what it looks like right now. So um, it sounds like they have it, but they kind of don't. Like it's kind of in litigation or something like that, oh, so I'm okay. not, I'm not entirely sure um, what the what the final thing is gonna look like. Interesting. But it'd be interesting if they're if they're able to pull it off, and that's their big surprise. I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's a surprise that anybody would know about besides us, besides like us. people who read comics. Yeah, exactly, or people who are really into the comic book movies because. For anybody else, they'd just be like, oh, they introduced a fish guy. Like, Isn't he like Aquaman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Marvel's good at just... Especially with Phase 3, I felt like they were just adding and taking stuff out. Because I think I remember, I remember they announced like Inhumans, right? Mm-hmm. And there wasn't Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, that's true. And then there was... It was going to be a movie, but then it got turned into a show, and yeah, the show got canceled. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. there Spider-Man there. And they, so they, they could shuffle things around. Yeah. And then I, Captain Marvel was announced, right? It was announced. But I believe so, before. yeah. But there was some. Black, oh, they did announce Black Panther. Oh, well, it was mainly they just took out Inhumans and put in Spider Man. Yeah. So then, you know. The, There's some flexibility. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would prefer that they be more flexible than less. Yeah. You know, I don't want them to just announce it, stick to it, and then produce something that's. You know, doesn't work with what they're trying to do. Yeah. Kind of pointless. One funny tidbit <clears throat> I saw in the news some time ago was Angela Bassett's husband tweeted some news about. Uh, Black Panther 2 and made it sound like the entire cast from Black Panther 1 was returning including Michael B. Jordan 
But I don't know if it's true because that's just Angela Bassett's husband tweeting something. <laughs> so just take that with a grain of salt. Yeah. Flashbacks or hallucinations. He's he could be fight Killmonger too. <laughs> <laughs> well, he could be in a scene where they go to the Panther realm, you know, in the spirit realm. Yeah. Oh yeah. He did drink, eat of the fruit. Yeah, yeah. and technically he is related, right? Because yeah. they're they're like half brothers, <clears throat> or they're cousins. They're cousins, cousins. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I forgot that he, he he ate it and died. So yeah. He can go there. Does that mean Doctor can Doctor Strange go there? Oh, I think I don't know. Can you pull people out? <laughs> Whoa. That would be crazy. Yeah. I'm guessing Doctor Strange doesn't have the power to bring dead people back to life. Yeah. But he could, like... That'd be too powerful. Yeah. <laughs> bring back Black Widow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just did, like, a genie thing. <laughs> there's, there's a chance that he could go into the astral plane and visit the Panther realm. Yeah. Maybe. I, like, if somebody made that part of the story whether in the comics or the movies, I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't find he that too far. That. Yeah, exactly. I'd be like, oh, okay, he can do that. Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. I wouldn't have a problem with it. Another thing, uh, and I'm looking forward to this, and I'm really hoping they don't screw it up, is Shang-Chi. Heck yeah. Master I, I, of I Kung even... Fu. Master of Kung Fu. Deadly hands of Shang-Chi, dude. He was in Hickman's Avengers, remember? He was the, the Chinese dude. He's... The oh, okay, yeah. okay. He's... He was he's a smart uh, guy, right? Is, this, is he a smart one? He's smart, he's, but he's not like a mathematician. Yeah, that's not his thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. His thing is kung oh, fu. He's a fighter. <laughs> yeah. He was Marvel's response right to uh, Bruce Lee. Arts, the martial arts craze, craze in yeah. the 70s. <laughs> but there's this one scene that Hickman wrote. I think it was in Avengers number two, where they're showing the team getting... How, how Cap and Iron Man put the team together. And there's a scene where... Uh, Iron Man. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, look, look at issue two. Issue two. All right, just yeah. keep talking. So, so Iron Man is talking with Shang Chi, and Shang Chi's in the background. He's like training martial arts and doing stuff uh, against the practice dummy. And then Iron Man's welding something, and he says something to the effect of, "Hey, have you ever thought about using weapons or getting an upgrade?" And then Shang Chi just stops his training, looks at him, and he's like, he just kind of shows off his his arms, his biceps, and he's like. Beyond these, what other weapons does a man need? Yep, I remember <laughs> that. That was a great moment. Issues is three. It's on two. Yeah, I think it's. I'm pretty sure it's issue two. But yeah, that okay. was a scene that that stands out. And and he's been so he's been in the Avengers and they've been giving him more prominence in yeah, recent years. That scene right there. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, he was in the Secret Avengers when yeah. Ed Bru- or when Warren Ellis wrote it. I think he's on Agents of Atlas now. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, he yeah. just shows up here and there on in different comics, yeah. but he's never been able to sustain his own series yeah. since that very first one back in the day. Oh, that's so, like... I, I guess I missed it. Like, yeah, was, the name's right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was reading the text bubble yeah. when I missed that. <laughs> okay. It'll be interesting to see how they integrate him into the larger Marvel Universe. I don't know, like, because he's a very street-level character... Yeah. So, um, even though in the Hickman series he was using martial arts to beat up robots and stuff, yeah. which, uh, which is cool, I'm, I'm all I'm fine I'm, with that. Yeah, I'm all good with that, honestly. But what's the difference um, between him and Iron Fist? Iron Fist Except is an Iron Occidental Fist. man. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess Iron Fist has an element of mysticism to his powers because yeah. he okay. he plunged his hands into the heart of the dragon Kung Lao. Uh, Shulao, I think. Shulao, and uh, 
the dragon's heart Shulau gave the him undying. Shulau the Undying and the dragon right. gave him <laughs> the dragon died gave him the power to focus his chi oh, okay. yeah okay, and okay. make it so that his hands were as strong as iron hence the oh, name iron fist. iron fist okay yeah whereas Shang-Chi the backstory for him in the comics is that he was raised in an isolated society because his father and I don't think they'll be able to use his father's real name in in the movie because at the time Marvel had the rights to Fu Manchu. Yeah. So Fu Manchu was his father. Uh, you know, this typical yellow menace yeah. kind of character. The wispy mustache. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty racist. <laughs> it's pretty racist. But Shang-Chi was, was raised in an isolated society to be his father's heir or something like that. Yeah. And then I guess he was just raised to be misled about who his father was and his motives for world domination. But once he learned who his father was, he ended up rebelling and he joins uh, this secret service team. Or I think they're... I want to say it's MI6 or something with the some British spies. So he, yeah. it, it ends up being this cross between James Bond and Bruce Lee where he and, and his team of spies, fellow spies, end up going on these... Mission, globe-trotting missions to beat up his father's forces. Yeah, it's it's kind of reminiscent of a, I guess, of old television where every week you fight the same villain over and over. But yeah. you know, it's like you got away this time, but I'll chase you to the ends of the earth. Yeah, they'll have new and different henchmen. Yeah, exactly. Like the Power Rangers. Yeah, yeah we'll just constantly be fighting sub bosses and yeah. like overthrowing plots, and the guy will be just kind of in the shadows or whatever it's, it's uh, really orchestrating hard. everything yeah <laughs> it's really hard to go back and read those old comics just because yeah. even when they reprinted the issues in an omnibus they they didn't really fix the coloring so shang chi is orange which is pretty weird it's pretty racist and a lot of the other <laughs> a all the bad guy asian characters are this really garish yellow yeah uh -huh. so it, it just hurts me to look at it <laughs> i just can't get past how racist it yeah. looks <laughs> Yeah. So hopefully uh, the movie isn't racist yeah. like that. I uh, I hope I. Well, <laughs> what if they make the movie and they go, his skin's not orange enough, <laughs> <laughs> and he just looks like this Oompa Loompa doing kung fu. <laughs> I would not want that. Let's see what's next. They have also announced Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Which also makes sense. Yeah, um, they got James Gunn back on it. Yeah. Did they say the order? Um, I think it got pushed back a little just because yeah. he's working on Suicide Squad. Yeah, that's the main thing that I remember. So, do they? They didn't say which one the f is the first of the next phase. Uh, I don't know if they've announced. I know. I remember I saw an article a while ago where Disney released a release schedule. Some of the spots just said like unannounced or untitled Marvel film. Yeah. Uh. I didn't actually, so I don't actually know uh, like the exact order of the dates okay. of release. So, so it's not like Guardians three and then. Yeah, I yeah. think Guardians three will probably be one of the last ones of the ones that we've just mentioned because yeah, okay. uh, Suicide Squad is supposed to start filming and that's supposed to be released in like twenty twenty one or twenty twenty at the earliest. Uh. So if Suicide Squad comes out in two years, there's no way Guardians will come out before then. Yeah. So just logically speaking. He has to finish that one movie first and then go back to Guardians. So I'm guessing that'll come out in 22, 
At the earliest. Wow, it's three years from now. That is a while. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, I think the firing set things back, but at least they didn't hire someone different. Yeah. It's cool that they were able to bring him back. Yeah. Um, the other thing that they mentioned a lot, and it it ties into um, what Phase 4 is going to look like. Again, as I mentioned earlier, they're going to try to tie more things into the show. So they also mentioned a bunch of shows. Mm-hmm. You got the uh, Wanda or the Scarlet Witch and the Vision shows, uh, streaming shows coming out. The the title of it is uh, Wanda Vision. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly, uh, Elizabeth Olsen uh, came out and said that it takes place in the fifties. Yeah, I think there was. It's not just that. I think didn't someone say they captured like some uh, images or something? Oh, of, really? From the set? Uh, maybe I'm remembering it wrong. I, I don't really remember. Fifties. That's what she said. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't even know if that's truly what they're doing. Yeah. She's throwing one off. For all I know, <laughs> she could be just throwing people off. Like the wedding scene. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we also have a Loki show coming out. I, going back to the Scarlet Witch and Vision show, oh, I think okay. I do think that uh, if they do a show like that, they could emulate the the comic, the, the Tom Tom King, Tom King story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's more vision than like. That was more of the vision. Yeah. And Wanda wasn't. She was only in a couple issue, like in one issue in or, or a couple scenes. Yeah. But in in uh, Infinity War, there's that scene where they're trying to extract the Mind Stone from the Vision, and yeah. Shuri is trying to replicate his personality, right? So what if she was able to do most of it? Oh yeah. yeah. And and maybe that's how they just can, enough of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they can bring him back, but maybe he's just missing like a certain element of yeah. his humanity yeah. so maybe <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so maybe the show will be about the two of them trying to help him restore him. that yeah. yeah no that that makes the most sense to me too mm-hmm. um the other thing that i kind of that we sort of talked about or touched on like in other conversation was there was an era of the avengers where vision i think i forget whether he died or what but he came back and he but he came back without his humanity, so he was yeah. just a pure uh, android at that point, and he was all white. Yeah, yeah. So um, when I saw that in the movie, when I saw them pulling the uh, mind stone out of uh, Vision's body, and you see the color go out of it, that's what made it made me oh. think. I was like, "Oh, dude, if they bring him back and he's that version of the Vision." That would totally make sense because, mm-hmm. yeah, his body gets a little paler. It's no longer near as vibrant after they pull the gem out. Yeah. So theoretically, they could restore him and they'd be taking from that era of the Avengers. Totally. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, you mentioned Loki. Yeah. And we did see Loki escape in Endgame. He, uh, there, there was the scene where they were in the middle of the heist and they were trying to get the, the Tesseract. Tesseract but things go south, and yeah. Loki is able to get the Tesseract, and he just escapes into a portal. So, so now, if, if they do a movie or a TV series, it's going to be about a Loki in a parallel, a parallel yeah. world or a multiverse. Yeah, yeah. See, that's how they train the audience. Yeah, yeah. They make you think. They make you like comfortable with it. So if they do lofty things, like yeah. okay, I see what's going. Do you on. think there's any chance they would simply do stories, a series about Loki in the Prime Universe, but just make it set in the past? Like on Asgard or something? Oh, like when they were kids or something like that? And 
Yeah. When yeah. we're younger. Maybe. I mean, because Thor is, what, 1,500 years old? And yeah. You see them as kids yeah. in the first Thor. So there was like 1,500 yeah. years of material yeah. that they could use. totally. And then, yeah, and that brings to mind the conversation you had earlier, actually. So Loki dies before the snap. Yeah. So that means that Loki doesn't come back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. Yeah, so this new Loki is... So either like parallel or past. Would you, yeah. would you rather see the parallel universe Loki or would you rather see flashback Loki? Because I think they did get Tom Hiddleston, so it'll be the same actor. Yeah, it'll be the same actor. I'm, you know what? I'm fine with um, a parallel universe Loki. I mean, I've been... So I read a little bit of the Al Ewing Loki Agent of Asgard series. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've been following Loki in comics in recent years, he's been a lot of different things. Yeah. He's been... There was a period where he was trapped in a woman's body, and then he was trapped in a child's body. Yeah. And then... He was trapped in a teenager's body. Yeah. <laughs> so he's been in he's been many life. things. <laughs> yeah. He's been many things. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Would you prefer a flashback or a parallel universe? I'm trying to think now because, so, I guess it makes it different. He he created like another time like a timeline, right? Mm-hmm. So that means the Thanos, the one that that went to the future, is not the same timeline. That's a different. Right, a different. Okay. That's, that's a different so, one too. Okay, so that means Loki's in a world where Thanos is still alive. He's in a different version of version. 2012. Yeah, so Thanos still around. And yep. I think I'd like to see that him trying to escape Thanos. Yeah. <laughs> that's Thanos true. Like, he, you, he failed Thanos. Yeah, it's like yeah. I'll try to kill. I'll kill you, and then like there's no place that you can hide or whatever. So he's like, okay, I'm gonna hide. <laughs> oh, that would be a pretty fascinating story. It it sounds like this version of Loki. I mean, I think. Since they're giving him a show, it it sounds like they're trying to make him, I guess, more like an anti-hero. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like what he is, even in the normal. I feel like the Loki of twenty twelve, because he hasn't had the character development from yeah. the f- other movies. Yeah, he's gonna be more of like the god of mischief that he's okay. portrayed yeah. as. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dark yeah, World yeah. didn't happen yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but uh, yeah. So essentially, I guess we'll still be following his adventures, but he could be kind of teetering. Yeah. On in the middle, which is kind of like what that Loki agent of Asgard story was about. Yeah, because yeah. I think the the best Loki's Loki stories that we see tend to show that tension where he he knows like the right thing to do, but he usually chooses not to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I do prefer actually now that you mentioned, I do I do prefer that version of Loki to just the straight villain, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a. Uh, so I guess I'll just reference Loki, Agent of Asgard again. But in that comic, the premise of it is there's a younger. He's a teenage version of Loki, and he's he's basically on one of his kicks to make peace with Asgard and to make right with the world. Mm-hmm. And he's offered a chance by Hela, I think. Hela? Or not not Hela. Uh, what's Thor's mom's name? Freya. 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 Yeah, he's offered a chance by Freya. Basically, she goes, okay, if you want to earn our trust, you're going to have to go on these missions. So she sends him out to go on missions, and, you know, he's kind of building up his uh, goodwill again until he encounters a future version of himself <laughs> that's that's a grown adult Loki, and that Loki is pure evil. So it, it puts him in conflict with that Loki, so... 
yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Yeah. Another show that they announced was Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah. Could be the buddy cop drama that we've been waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fun. I like yeah. I like seeing those two characters. You can Winter have more Soldier of those sort of espionage, action, thriller types of stories. Yeah. Are these series like really long or are they like just like six episodes or kind of thing? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't think the... I think they're kind of like the Netflix series in that they're not, like, going to be... Yeah, it's not like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where a season is 24 episodes or anything. Yeah. I'm guessing with the Disney Plus shows, they'll probably be somewhere approximating the Netflix series. Dude, I'm so looking forward to Disney Plus. (laughs) I have a daughter, and I was like, oh, God. We we actually watched Inside Out yesterday, last (laughs) night. We're like, oh, man. Nice. I want to watch all these other Pixar movies now. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have all that with the Disney Plus service. Yeah, this, I feel like we're just like promoting it. Disney, if you hear this, should totally yeah. give us that. <laughs> give stuff. us free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> There's also talk that they're gonna have a Hawkeye TV series. That one hasn't been officially announced, but there's there's rumors of a Hawkeye Disney Plus show. I yeah I I. As I mentioned earlier, I have affection for Hawkeye, so mm-hmm. you know I, I want them to I want him to succeed as a character, and the fact that people don't like him makes me like him more. Yeah, <laughs> well, they like him now, right? At least the movie version. I think like. they like him. Yeah, I guess a lot of people like him because he was Ronan, but I liked him when he was in Avengers too, and people were like, "Why are we seeing so much of Hawkeye?" Yeah, and I thought he was he was the heart of, the, of that yeah, movie. Yeah, he was one of the better elements of Age of Ultron. <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah, I got, I I, I got high hopes. For I it. got a lot of love for Hawkeye. Yeah, I know, man. I understand it. Like all the parent stuff. Like when yeah. I see like Ant Man. I see yeah. Hawkeye. I was like, I get it. <laughs> that opening scene was like awesome. Yeah, Just, you know, In- Endgame. Yeah, that was a really yeah. well done opening scene. Yeah, yeah. it kind of made me wish, because it, it's it was such a subtle and low key scene where. It felt like it was something out of an indie movie or yeah, an indie film. Yeah, totally. So there was a brief period or a brief second where I was like, man, I hope this entire movie is going to be like a, an indie version of a superhero movie, <laughs> you know? <laughs> no special effects. They just go out on the road and they're like, we're going to go on a road trip and we're going to find ourselves. And maybe while we're finding these gems, we'll know who we are. <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty funny. So, the other thing that is going to happen, we'll see the X-Men and Fantastic Four integrated into the Marvel Universe. So, how do you guys imagine we'll see that? You think it'll just be a multiverse introducing these other worlds where these heroes already exist and they just end up crossing over? I hope that's not the case. Uh, I think I think a lot of fans slash fan boys or whatever you call them whatever the yeah. term is whatever is the least offensive term um nerds I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably more offensive sorry continue <laughs> no but I, I do think there's a lot of people who want to see the x universe as it is integrated into this universe oh you mean with the fox actors that are yeah, in the movies like, being integrated into the marvel yeah movies? I, I i feel like that's that touches on the most the apex of nerddom i guess it's just like because even when so uh when they did endgame 
there was this there was this brief period on entertainment news where they were saying Hugh Jackman is listed on IMDb. Are we going to see Hugh Jackman's Wolverine <laughs> in Endgame? And that's what people were kind of going crazy about. So it wouldn't surprise me if there's a segment of the fandom that wants to see, you know, uh, we want to see Ian McKellen's Magneto, but we also want to see uh, Michael Fassbender's Magneto in there, and we want to see uh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart, and, like, and just <laughs> how long can do they that? do it, man? It's like they did. I mean, the X Men came first. Yeah, and on top of that, I don't really want to see that. <laughs> I'd much rather they just start fresh and like just. If Marvel slash Disney is going to do it, then I want them to to put their own stamp on it. I want them to get their own characters. Because if you do it the other way, then what you're doing is you're also integrating all the baggage from that universe. Like, I have to watch a Marvel Cinematic Universe that acknowledges the existence of Wolverine Origins. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Yeah. So, and I I don't want that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do this to me, Disney. (laughs) Yeah. It might, I don't know, like, I mean, they, they, okay, so Marvel has done things where they would, like, intentionally change the character, and it becomes, like, the standard, right? Like, Mm -hmm. S.H.I.E.L.D. becoming Hydra was something that no one expected, and it just became the standard. So, they'll probably do something with the mutants, like, like, oh, the snap is what caused, like, the mutant gene to, to activate or something. Like, they'll just make something where it's, like, it makes sense in the context of its own. Mm-hmm. So it will make sense why, like, oh, where was Wolverine in World War II? Well, he didn't exist. The snap was what created this mutant gene in everyone. Yeah. So then now it makes sense why there'd be discrimination against them because, like, they remind them of, like, Thanos or something. Oh. You know, so it'll force them to, like, not like them just by, de- like, default. Yeah. Because they can't, no, they, there's no way they could exist if, like, if New York was like being destroyed, the X Men like I'm, I'm, I'm cool, man. Yeah, we're just gonna stay in <laughs> yeah. our mansion. Yeah, and... Professor X not gonna be like, hey guys, uh... <laughs> let's not reveal ourselves, even yeah, though people is, are dying time. all around us. It's not time, guys. I know you're in New York, but it's not time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same with like Fantastic Four. It must yeah. have been like they have to exist after the fact. Like, oh, let's we have to this family yeah. realize like, oh, we we should like establish some you know the Fantastic Four and build some organization, you know, because they have to have existed after the fact and not before yeah. otherwise or the parallel universe thing where they've existed concurrently and then they could finally go over and but i just hope they don't do the parallel universe thing that's not <laughs> something that appeals to me where they just i don't know it's weird to me to think oh this is we we always existed but now that our universes are coming together we get to come over here and this mm-hmm. is us now it's i don't know it's it's a little too comic booky i guess which is a weird you know being a, someone who's a fan of comic books <laughs> it might be the kind of thing that only works reading it you know well, even then i don't know if i'd want to read that story that's true i was just being generous <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's how i see it it has to be something that makes sense even if it's not like comic book accurate yeah it yeah it makes sense they're gonna have to do something to make it their own thing yeah yeah because, yeah, I think with the Fantastic Four, it, it'll it be easier to integrate them into the Marvel Cinematic yeah. Universe because you can always do a story that takes place in the 2020s, right? Or tw- after the snap, or after the final battle with Thanos where the they four... Go into space. Yeah, the four go into space and get their yeah. powers and come back and then 
now we have a Fantastic yeah, Four. Yeah, like that's yeah. that's very straightforward. But with the X Men, the concept of mutants, that one is tougher because yeah. mutants are supposed to have a, this history, right? And and then like even the idea of the snap triggering, because because you know how uh, Bruce Banner or the Hulk said that snapping the gauntlet creates a lot of uh, gamma radiation and that's why uh, only he could survive it yeah what if all the gamma radiation in the air somehow triggered a mutation yeah, yeah, yeah. in people right but then in, like then you go how is that different from the inhumans and that's the, why and, i think like, they, that's like, why i think they, that's why i think they're not even canon anymore yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't exist well, <laughs> so i remember you sent me this article uh, a while ago and there's a chance that I don't remember it accurately. There's a high chance that I don't remember it accurately. Okay. But I'm just going to I'm gonna paraphrase or make up my own thing, whatever. <laughs> but uh, this guy was talking about how... Oh, okay, now I remember. At the time, what was going on was... Um, I think uh, Marvel was pushing the Inhumans kind of heavily. Mm-hmm. And they were... In the, in the comic books, what they were doing was... Terrigen mists had been oh, yeah, yeah. exposed to the world. Uh-huh. So what we were seeing was we were seeing all these inhumans coming into existence. Yeah. And um, the guy who was writing this article was talking about how they were writing, uh, they were using this as a means of trying to replace mutants with inhumans. Mm-hmm. But that, that doesn't work because... Um, at its heart, the, in, the the story of the Inhumans isn't necessarily. It's it's not about you know Being the so other much protect a world that hates and fears. Exactly, them. exactly. That that's the best way to put it. Because at the heart of the Inhumans, it's about a royal family, you yeah. know, and that's kind of the angle that works best for them. Whereas you're right, the uh, the with mutants and the X Men, the 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 core, what's at the heart of their story is they're outsiders. But they're sworn to protect a world that hates and fear that fears them. Mm-hmm. So you can't. You can definitely take that element of the outsider and apply it to the Inhumans. But I don't know if that's ideally speaking the best way to interpret the Inhumans. If yeah. that makes any sense. Now to think about it, yeah, maybe the dust when they came back, they came back different. Yeah, I, like, like that's the other thing too, right? So it's not just the people that get activated, but the people that come yeah. back. So what we can see is a worldwide, the worldwide advent of the mutant. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. like, let's say the movies jump one year into the future, um, moving from from the point of Endgame, and what you see in that span of a year is people are beginning to develop mutant powers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that throws it off is you don't have someone like a Wolverine and you don't have someone like Professor X, people that have had these powers for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Magneto you, won't be like... Yeah, as, as like, they won't have the history. Yeah, 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 right, right. But if you take the core story of the X-Men, which is like the original five, you can do that story where it's like, oh, um, we have our powers, but society hates us and we need a place to go and now we're being trained to use those powers yeah but then the problem is how do you how do you have a professor x yeah and there's no way to explain that boy yeah so so the other thing that i was thinking is that we don't say that mutants came into existence with the snap but let's just say that mutants in the mcu are born with the x gene just like they are in the comics but 
they didn't start being born. They there wasn't a proliferation of mutants being born until, let's say, around twenty two thousand eight, which was when Iron Man one came out. So in all these years since, the reason why we haven't seen mutants fighting alongside the other superheroes is because they're just kids. Yeah. So th- like they haven't even developed their powers yet because usually it takes them until puberty to to do so. So they're these kids end up living through all this stuff and let's say after like moving forward this is when their powers start manifesting and we just start seeing mutants in the world so that way you could have uh like the original five x-men as teenagers or young people get a young cast of you know pretty people or whatever (laughs) And, and then we could also say you know these guys weren't the first mutants but they were actually mutants that existed in the past, but they yeah. were just in such few numbers that there was never any concern that uh, you would have to explain where were they during the Battle of New York or whatever. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like, let's say there is a guy like Professor Xavier who is, you know, he's he's handicapped, but he has these telepathic powers and he's never revealed himself to the world, but all this stuff is happening in New York or throughout the world, throughout the course of these MCU films, but he's never had any way to get involved because what's he gonna do he doesn't have a group of child soldiers to fight his battles for him he's just a guy in a wheelchair <laughs> yeah yeah i think the, the way the mcu i think sometimes the teacher made it a little bit convoluted like because in agents of shield they have all these people like superpowers and stuff oh yeah that's so, true like that means they've ex- like why you know is it, well, so you have to like have to watch everything yeah i guess like a comic book like if you read all the stuff it makes more sense but mm-hmm. for like the general people that is not you know just only follow the movies yeah it'd yeah. be hard for them to understand what this is well they could also explain it away as um it's like you were saying right so you have all these super powered people um in in agents of shield and maybe they were mutants but they just didn't have a name for it yet oh that's true yeah that'd be possible yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be cool I mean, that's why I thought, like, in humans, like, well, they're just, like, X-Men, but, like, from living on a moon or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah, that's the thing about the Inhumans is that they're, the core of their story is they're, uh, they're they another have, society. Yeah, they have their own culture, yeah. their own yeah. ways. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't... Whereas mutants in the Marvel Universe, they're just, like, regular people who grow up yeah. in normal society, but they're just shunned because of their genes, yeah. their powers or whatnot. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So, what would you want to see in a f- an ultimate final culminating event at the end of the next yeah. twenty movies or whatever? You know, they have all these other movies that we know are coming out, and then they've got Fantastic Four and X Men, presumably. Yeah. What would you want to see, like at the end, a spectacle <laughs> to surpass Endgame and Infinity War? Secret War. I think Secret Wars. Yeah. Yeah, I think, again, right now, uh, after Endgame, uh, speculation is high, but uh, I've heard different, all sorts of different theories, and one of them feels like Secret War is kind of uh, where they're headed, mm-hmm. which actually I'd be I'd be cool with, I mean, assuming it's the Hickman Secret War. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see them go to Battle World and fight a guy <sighs> called the Beyonder who wears disco clothes and has a jerry curl? Actually, when you describe it like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably, yeah, Secret World's probably the, Secret Wars yeah. is probably the... I mean, 
okay, if it's a question of what would I personally want it to be, <sighs> that might be a little different. Um, I'd have to really think about that, though. Like, uh, like if they said, okay, Albert, you're going to be the guy <laughs> now. You're like, Feige's dead. You want to take his uh, Yeah, <laughs> You murdered him, and now, <laughs> and now you're assuming his role. You're going to wear his face like a mask. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't really have to think about that. Like, um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason Kevin Feige gets paid a lot to, like, you know, plan these out. So I, 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 I need to put a lot of brain power into it. What about you, Drew? What you got? Yeah, I think the incursions in Secret Wars would make sense, especially if they really are going down the multiversal route. Yeah. Uh, there's still a part of me that, like, personally, I don't think I prefer diving deep into the multiverse. Yeah. But if they if they were to adapt Jonathan Hickman's story from Avengers and New Avengers, I think I could be fine with that. Like yeah. I'd probably enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm just wary of all the multiversal dangers. Like when you see the DC stuff, yeah. like that's not something that appeals to me, and I don't want to see Marvel do their go, version. Yeah, of it. <laughs> exactly. Okay. But if if I had all the power, like the thing that I thought about was doing an adaptation of Ultimate Galactus trilogy. Yeah. Because, first of all, when you have an event where they ended up fighting Thanos, who's this universal tyrant or cosmic despot, whatever, it, it'd be weird if they all got together just to fight the kingpin or somebody, you know? Like, <laughs> like We're going to beat up a fat guy. <laughs> you know, so it's got to be some sort of, like, massive threat. Yeah. It can't just be uh, a gang lord or something. Yeah. Guys... We're taking on Hobgoblin. <laughs> we need everybody for this one. <laughs> everybody on deck. Uh, everybody on deck to fight Paste Pot Pete. <laughs> no, I, I like the Ultimate Galactus trilogy because yeah. the original comic by Warren Ellis and a few different artists, that one takes all the corners of the Marvel Universe, the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, and the X-Men, yeah. puts them together to fight the ultimate version of Galactus, which is this universal uh, death he's bringer. He's a planet eater. He's a planet eater, but he's he's this uh, death bringer that just hates the concept of life. So mm. it, it's he's not like the normal Galactus where he's just this normal-looking big person wearing a oh. purple costume. He's a swarm. Yeah, it's this, it's this swarm of these techno te- technological creatures that that uh essentially travel from planet to planet and decimate all the life because instinctively it's like this force of nature that yeah. just hates the concept of life yeah and and in the ultimate galactus trilogy uh it starts off with the x-men and the ultimates who are the avengers investigating uh this mysterious uh crash site crash site or not even crash it, site do you, like know, a, you know what tunguska is back in like the early 1900s the, a meteor crash there yeah a meteor crash somewhere this, like, in giant crater in siberia i think yeah and yeah so it's like one of those crazy uh it's a sci-fi real phenomenon yeah. that happened that nobody has an explanation for yeah. other than it must have just been some sort of meteor that crashed on earth yeah so it's like a real thing that that we don't understand and and Warren Ellis kind of takes that idea and says that oh what really crashed was uh basically this herald that would 
that would come to different planets to warn the planet that Galactus is coming. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the thing is, is that this Herald crashed and then uh, the Soviets took it and tried to dismantle it and ex- do experiments to see if they could use it for their own weapons, super for their own super, super soldiers. But eventually this Herald ends up being able to self-repair itself enough to get out a warning beacon. So the X-Men think it's a mutant. The Ultimates just hear this beacon and they investigate separately, end up fighting each other. They discover that at the end that Galactus is coming. Yeah. But they don't it fully was a comprehend huge it. Surprise it was a big surprise when it first happened. Because the comic at the time doesn't... It, there's no indication of what it is. Mm-hmm. And when you s- get there and you see that it's the vision, all he says is Galactus. And as a fan of comics, you read that and you're like, oh gosh, they're doing Galactus. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the last times I've ever felt genuinely surprised by a comic book I read, yeah. a superhero comic. And then the second part of the trilogy, they introduce characters like an ultimate version of Captain Marvel. Yeah. Uh, there's, so it's like the original Captain Marvel, Marvel, and then there's also an ultimate Captain or an ultimate uh, Carol Danvers. Yeah, but it, it's that the second part of the trilogy is about Tony Stark and the Ultimates, along with Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four and Nick Fury, trying to figure out a way to prepare themselves to fight Galactus, mm-hmm. or yeah, to prepare themselves for the coming of Galactus. And then the third part of the trilogy has the Fantastic Four, the Ultimates, and the X-Men, and S.H.I.E.L.D. all banding together in order to ward off Galactus. Galactus. Yeah. Yeah. You never read it? I have not. Drew told me about it. Yeah, that's something you got to check out. You just told me everything. (laughs) It's still worth reading, man. It's still worth reading. It's a good adventure. Yeah. It's hard to keep the surprise of Galactus uh, secret because... On the the cover, you see the... the Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But but when the issues were first coming out individually, that wasn't the cover, and yeah. th- it wasn't called the Ultimate Galactus Trilogy. Yeah. yeah. But now when you when you look for the hardcover or the trade paperback, yeah. it says it's Ultimate Galactus. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they did that, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um. The other thing that you proposed was now we, that they've opened up time we, travel, we could also see an Ultimate King. Yeah. Or which... Kang the Conqueror. Kang the Conqueror. Um, maybe even Immortus, now that you mention it. Yeah. Uh, Ramatut. <laughs> they could have him fighting Apocalypse in ancient yeah. Egypt. <laughs> Scarlet Centurion. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, I mean, uh, he's, he's another character that's... Well, I mean, I guess this is the end of the Avengers films, at least for now, so... Yeah. But Kang is a character who's got a big footprint in the Avengers history because he's, he's one of their greatest enemies. Yeah, he's a he's a warlord from the future who who basically just keeps coming back in time to try to conquer the Avengers. Just to, I think his original uh, motive was just because they were the greatest heroes, and he just wanted to be able to prove to himself that he could beat them. Yeah, it was something like that. I think so. Yeah, something kind of silly. Yeah. Wait, so there's no more adventure films? Like, the group is gone, then. I'm, I bet you, at some <coughs> point, one day in the future, they'll have <coughs> another Avengers film. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, maybe it'll, they'll even call it New Avengers. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they haven't announced an Avengers movie, but yeah. obviously the characters that they have 
that are still uh, They're active. still around. Exactly. Yeah, they can always bring them back, I think. Yeah. You know, you got your War Machine, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Thor. <laughs> Thor, Spidey. Yeah. In terms of um, other future projects that were coming out, one of the things that I remember talking to you about was um, with Tony Stark dead and Iron Man dead, uh, gone, there's this vacuum. And I could foresee War Machine filling that role. Yeah. Because uh, James Rhodes is still around. And it does feel like he had a slightly bigger role in this film. Yeah. And they're beginning to give him more. So there's a chance that we could see some War Machine movies at some point. That could be fun too. I would want to yeah. watch that. Any other? Is there anything else? The other? Oh, I just remember what I was gonna say earlier. But uh, another big bad guy that they could end up fighting was the Maker. You know, oh, uh, the ultimate version of Reed Richards from the yeah. comics. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's like a weird. Helmet. The helmet thing. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Because if they had, if they actually introduce a multiverse and the Fantastic Four, that could be a route that they go down. That'd be cool. That I, I, I think he's one of the better villains to come out of yeah. um, recent comics, and it's not even that recent. But um, I remember reading Ultimate Doomsday and the shock of Ultimate Reed Richards being the villain was. Sorry, guys, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember that was that was a that was a pretty big surprise to me too. Yeah. Yeah. That was a fun story. Did you ever read Ultimate Doomsday? I have not. Oh, well, actually, I have it on Oh. But you already kind of know uh, yeah. that Reed Richards, Ultimate <laughs> Reed Richards is a villain because yeah. you've read Jonathan Hickman's yeah, yeah, stuff. I, I knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, this is the story that shows how that happened. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. But his version of uh, Reed Richards, he was a pretty st- sadistic dude. Yeah. He was a guy who was... It's kind of what you would expect, actually, because, uh, you know, Reed Richards was the smartest dude on Earth, or, yeah, was the smartest dude on Earth, mm-hmm. and in our universe, he uses that intelligence to benefit mankind, but in this one, it kind of makes sense that he's a guy who is just frustrated with everybody else, and that energy that he uses towards, you know, being innovative... He just decides he's better than people. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Do you remember the the first story that Hickman wrote in Ultimate Comics Ultimates, where the Empire is burning, the Republic is burning, oh, the Republic where is burning. you have the Maker have he has his own society where he's built these this army of super people basically, yeah. and then there's uh, the Ultimate Zorn or whatever, yeah. and they have this uh, place called Tian. Yeah. And it's it's got like the did they call themselves the Children of Tomorrow or something? I forget. I think it, so. It was based on that Mike Carey comic. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it was like a society where they were, I guess, mutants or I don't even know if they were really mutants, but they were just able to evolve like millions of years within the span of like yeah. a certain number certain number of years in the real world. Yeah. So they developed powers or something. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I wonder if they would ever do something like that to introduce mutants, where it's like these people were developed in a petri dish and just lived thousands of years before being 
uh, you know, they live thousands of years, even though only ten years took place in the real yeah. world. And yeah, I don't know. I feel like they could do that. It's it's one of those things where it's super del. It's another like delicate thing where right now, up to this point, you've gotten fans to follow you wherever you're you're taking them you're you're gonna do time travel like your fans are already on board right Mm -hmm. but i wonder if there is one thing or one one idea too much where they could end up like losing people yeah so um yeah i don't know do you think do you think we've reached a saturation point where people are like okay endgame came out that's a good jumping off point i don't need to watch any more superhero movies for the rest of my life uh, or do you think that I think these Marvel will movies still will still be very successful in the future? I don't know if it's going to be as successful as Endgame. Because Endgame made like $2 billion yeah. or something like that. Yeah, I think it depends on what... how. I, I guess we'll see, right? Because they, they, they didn't announce anything after. Yeah. So well, you, when you see Spider-Man and how that's received, I think that kind of like... Yeah, I think Marvel understands. You're right. Like what, that would be a good gauge. Yeah, like right? it's like what can we do with this? Mm. I think yeah. if they're smart, they would kind of give it a break, though. Yeah, I think it's the the superhero fatigue is actually not towards Marvel. I think it's more towards everything else. Yeah, but eventually other things might catch up. Like even DC is like starting to like get gain some footing, just even though they're like way behind. They're like, people are like, oh yeah, Shazam is pretty good, or Aquaman's pretty yeah. good, Wonder Woman's good. So there will be more options, but. Um, so I think I think Marvel knows like how can we make the best quality of stuff and you know we talk about like speculation what they might do they could also do something completely different too yeah, yeah. like Endgame was not really inspired by any comic yeah like, the, the yeah. ideas are there maybe but then like the general plot the story is just, yeah is they're just referencing yeah. themselves yeah. yeah so they might just do something totally different and I'm sure that the I'm sure they'll do fine yeah, yeah it seems like there's they're more confident in themselves now. The filmmakers, they don't feel like they have to be beholden to directly yeah. adapting a specific storyline from the comics, and they can just kind of do their own thing. That's true. Yeah, like even like Ant Man and the Wasp wasn't based on anything, yeah. as far as I can tell. Yeah, Winter Soldier was different too. Right? It, it was it was different, but you could still tell that yeah. it was inspired by there was enough of Baker's stuff. Yeah, oh, okay. There was enough yeah. of that stuff in there. Even even like the whole twist of uh, Hydra running Shield. Hickman did that in Secret Warriors. Yeah. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. back in the day, or not even back in the day, like a few years before Winter Soldier the movie came out. Because yeah. I think he did Secret Warriors in like two thousand six or seven. Hmm. I don't remember what years. It might have been two thousand eight or nine after Secret Invasion. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, and there's gonna be a Captain Marvel too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in all likelihood, she's gonna get her trilogy. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Be interesting to see that one too. Maybe it'll take place in space. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's sort of a different conversation, but you know, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Uh, I, like we've had this conversation where, like, I can say that I can't really think of too many. Or if I can't think of any, like, Captain Marvel story as a quintessential evergreen Captain Marvel story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if the movies, if they truly are just kind of taking their own liberties with it to see what they end up doing with Captain Marvel 2. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun to see what the future holds. Yep, yep. 
you guys have any other further thoughts or any closing remarks um i'm good i just let me give a shout out right now i guess to um, my friend at uh, beefyco b-e-e-f-y-c-o dot com um, they they're a project that I work with and uh, you know they've got a, got a lot of good stuff so go check out their website go purchase anything that you'd want to get and uh, yeah that's my shout out cool uh, so I think that about wraps it up for our episode uh, thanks for listening follow us on Instagram and social media um, we'll try to post up some of the images of things that we talk about um, whenever we can. Ray, thanks for being on our show. It's thanks fun to have you. Me. Yeah, it's for good to have you. another <laughs> voice in here. Yeah. It's nice to know that we aren't the only two people that talk about <laughs> comics. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Cool, cool. Cool. Great.